So in SCR 2014, if, if that moment didn't happen for Snake Eyes, would Snake Eyes have been really that made or really that as popular as he was? Potentially, but I would argue that was Snake Eyes' defining moment is making that 5v5 and having that regional rivalry of Norcal versus SoCal, him making that comeback, you know, we were getting owned and him making that slow comeback up. That could that would define him as his as a player, and that could happen for anyone in this exhibition, really. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday show, the show where we discuss all things about the MCU and Marvel movies and aspects of, you know, politics and governments involved. Kings in can hawk off. Can you believe that there's royalty in the MCU you're supposed to like? Absolutely not. No, thank hey, you. most people all, all agree that Killmonger was right. Okay. Most people agree Killmonger was right. <laughs> Anyways, sometimes we spent we we segue off into these things called fighting games or something like that. But uh, I guess today is just gonna be one of those episodes where we talk mostly about fighting games. But uh, I am joined Let's by Mr. Ultra David and Tubaware. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm currently 3D printing right now. What about you, Tubaware? Uh, I am currently thinking about. I am now scared that Multiverse of Madness is not going to be good. Oh no. That was a very I mean fast not now. Game. Like I, I no, I, I mean like I, I think it'll be good. I think oh, okay. I'm not sure though. Okay. I'm okay. just not okay. sure. Like I was I was I was pretty sure Spider Man was gonna be great. I'm what? not so sure about this film. I mean okay. what's well you were right about the one. Like the outside of like Black Widow, right? Like recently they've mostly been hitting I mean I guess some people wouldn't like Eternals, yeah. right? So a lot of people thought it was not great. Yeah. I, I thought it was nice. I thought uh, it was right. good. Eternals is definitely a David movie, but like I said Today is a fighting game day as opposed to discussing the MCU. So let's... I've never talked about the MCU in my life. What we're going to talk about today is NLBC, the online version's ending. We're going to talk about Combo Breakers, a couple of announcements, including Look Alive. We'll have an interview with Filipino Man where we'll talk about a bunch of stuff, but also the West Coast versus the Midwest. We'll talk about Equinox and its changes. We have a couple of other news tidbits for you. We have our 5-5 matchup, of course, and then we'll get to our mailbag. But let's start with NLBC Online. Hey, sorry, I'm trying to turn up the volume. Thank you for the mic test, uh, Tubo. There you go. <laughs> Is that what that was, the mic test? I guess so. Uh, here we are. Uh, so, Spooky, a.k.a. Mr. Victor Fontanez, uh, has announced that he is going to be ending NLBC Online. He's going to still keep doing offline events, uh, of course, but the online event is ending. Uh, seemed to have been spurred on by a little bit of, a, I don't want to call it drama, but misunderstanding and frustration. A little bit of drama. This is the drama show now, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Give me I mean, that takes, James. This is an unfortunate situation. So, you know, basically NLBC has been restricted to only certain areas, largely East Coast and the more Northeast. Uh, just so, you know, connections can uh, have better quality. Texas 
was not included as a part of that uh, scene. However, Brian F., who used to play in NLBC from Florida and such when moved to Texas, did some special exhibition and his connection was found to be okay. So they let him play in NLBC, even though he's from Texas. Same thing with Prototype. I don't know what the backstory of Prototype is and, you know, how he was included into the whole entire thing. Uh, but Prototype and Brian F. are the only ones who are allowed to uh, play from Texas in NLBC. Other players in Texas found this a little bit frustrating and uh, kind of unfair. And uh, one of the players, which was Toy, uh, decided to enter and list himself as being from Louisiana. I mean, he's on Team GOL, Gods of Louisiana, right? So, you know, uh, he listed him there, but then Min, who does all of the TOing on the Discord, then did, made Toy do a connection test, and it was revealed that he was living in Texas, not in Louisiana. So Min just completely... Just, he just ejected him out of the tournament. <laughs> he just uh, banned him from the tournament. And uh, this got a lot of the Texas players angry, uh, you know, saying like, well, why can't we have good connections like Brian F? And a lot of people mostly directing their frustrations with Min because now all of a sudden all these other cases of Min, you know, exerting his T.O. privilege uh, on other people in Discord and such started cropping up. And all of this, I, I guess some of it just kind of, you know, started going a little bit crazy, spooky, kind of started catching some of the, uh, you know... A um, um, little bit of the heat. A little bit of the heat, a lot of Residual. the... Uh, what is that, uh, the, the phrase, the, 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 the collateral damage, uh, essentially. And, you know, being a TO, running this thing every week for multiple games, spending all your time doing that is really tiring. And so I think it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And Spooky just said, I'm done. And that was it. That's the end of NLBC Online for the foreseeable future, except for Soul Calibur because it's largely run by somebody else. Uh, so, uh, but everything else is gone. And so a uh, lot of back and forth from people on whose fault it is and, you know, who's to blame, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, what do you guys think on this? Well, I just want to say as sort of a grounding, if you're not as familiar with this somehow, uh, NLBC Online has been happening five days a week for the last like two years. It's been a, an extreme amount of work that um, not just Spooky, but Min and I don't know if anybody else is involved, but I've... I'm sure a tremendous amount of work. It has been a, a full-time thing, you know, ton of ton of time that gets sunk into that. Uh, and my understanding from when Vic put up a twit longer is that it's probably not like a lucrative thing. No. <laughs> um, it's very rare that TOing is, uh, even if you have a popular stream while doing so. So um, yeah, I just I just want to have that here as the as the as the yeah. sort of background because. <laughs> I, I think that the decision to end it is it, it does not seem to me like it's a mere spur of the moment thing where it's like, oh, this particular individual day was so annoying. Right. More that like, yeah, that day was annoying, but it comes on the heels of just like a lot of work and 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 yeah. having a lot of expectations and pressure on you. And so I totally get not wanting to do that anymore. 
Yeah. Again, that's that's kind of, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back kind of, you know, you know, thought. And also, in case you guys aren't aware, and I'm sure you guys are, if you're watching our stream, you probably know this already. But NLBC Online is like the online tournaments right in North America like if you are anything worth your weight you're trying to win an NLBC online it's where players like you know rush down you know have made a name for themselves by being largely online players you know obviously IDOM and Punk have played offline and done well but NLBC online has really brought forth a lot of newer players and in fact for games like Grand Blue Fantasy Versus it's where I first started hearing about players like Tempest like Diaphone etc who are now just regular household names for the games that they play so yeah um, and as if somebody is not familiar with min i see many people talking about it in the chat but uh, he is a longtime member of team spooky uh, he's been extremely key part of the fgc in the northeast and just in in fact uh tournaments all around the country for a long time i don't know 20 years a really long time um, he's been doing TO work. He does stage managing at events. Like he's had his hands in all sorts of different stuff. Mm -hmm. And over the last couple of years, he's been, as we were saying, helping to run all this online NLBC stuff going on. That's right. So, all right. Uh, again, background uh, set. Yeah. So <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on this, David and Tubo? What's your opinions on this situation? Do you feel like there's a right and a wrong? Do you have a side or. It's just this just one of those like first and foremost this min guy i don't know who he thinks he is how dare he how dare he say anything to anyone about anything at all ever on discord once ever and and personally i'll fight him right in his face that's what i'll do okay no min is min is great uh <laughs> He was very. Uh, do we have a screenshot of what he said? I, I don't know if you have that ready or not, James. But mm -mm. if you do, oh, then never mind. Um, Min was just blunt, and a lot of people don't yeah. like blunt interactions. They want mm -hmm. niceties. And Min is running a tournament, the biggest, one of the biggest online tournaments. Yep. He's you're gonna be blunt with people. Uh, from what I saw in the screenshots, and if you guys really want to find them, they're out there in the Twitterverse somewhere. And at this point. Um, it, it looked like Toy asked, why can't I enter if these guys do? Like, or I think he said, can you tell me why I can't enter when these other guys do? And Min said, nope, but if you want to enter another tournament, you can. And that was it. That was, that was the end of the interaction is, can you tell me why? And Min said, no, <laughs> moving <laughs> on. Like, you're not in the tournament. No, I'm not going to explain myself. I don't have to have a good day. And, and I don't think Min was wrong in doing that. I understand why people want the niceties and want politeness. And I, I get it. I understand that side too. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I do think it's whack to let people in the tournament that aren't supposed to be allowed. However, I understand Brian's situation. He had already been playing in that tournament for a very long time and competing with those guys for a very long time. And his connection was fine. I don't know what the situation was for, was it pro something or other? The Alex player, what's his name? I thought it prototype, was Twisted Rivera. Prototype, James prototype. Says prototype. Twister Rivera, Twister Rivera. That's what oh, was it Twisted Rivera, not Prototype? That's what I thought. Is that who it was? I don't know, man. Whatever. It's an Alex player. That's okay, what I know okay. from Texas. How about that? 
Uh, I, I don't know the situation to let them play. It was twisted. Oh, it was Thank twisted. You. Okay. Got, got it. Sorry. Um, that's my I, bad. I, I thought it was prototype too. That's, that's on me. Uh, either way, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but I'm I mean, sure that there is some Brian F type situation going on there too. So like whatever. And also it's their tournament. If they want to allow people in it, they, they can, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. And like at the end of the day, it's, it's their event. And they're not really breaking any like bracket rules by doing that. It's their own. If they want to say only people in the eight nine one two three area code can play, then they can say that. And whatever area code Brian's in, well, then they can just add that to the rules. It's their event, so you know, sucks to suck, I guess. Like, be mad about it, but that's not like Spooky or Min's fault, really. I, I don't think. I don't think they're at fault here. I think they've been doing mostly a good thing. Yeah, I mean, my view is, I guess, somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, obviously, all props to Spooky and Min, been friends of mine for the last, I don't know, dozen years, probably, maybe longer. Uh, I guess actually longer. Weird. Uh, I'm old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a lot of appreciation for them. Um, I also think that NLBC had gotten to a, a point where it was viewed as something um, prestigious to be a part of that was, that was a big... It was a big event in the scene every week. Uh, this is not just the case for Street Fighter, but it, you know maybe especially Street Fighter, and and that's what we're talking about uh, with with this situation. So you know having having awareness of that, the expectation that other people would have is that it would come with the same kind of you know impartiality that you might expect with some more faceless situation where you don't necessarily know the people who are doing the things and where you just kind of have the expectation that like everything is going to be according to some some fair in your mind rule book um yeah. and you're right that that is not something that spooky and min owe they're not obligated to do that uh, but that is nevertheless a pretty reasonable expectation in my opinion uh, that people would have about this situation and so when somebody is allowed to to get in um and somebody and many other people are not i totally get being mad about it yeah like I, I think that sucks too but also you know just i mean like, i'm i wouldn't whatever. be a, a big jerk about it yeah yeah i yeah, mean exactly. i think that's that's probably that's probably where i sort of my position stops i'm not going to be a big jerk but i know that that's not how other people handle situations so that the and, fact and, that there was jerkery is not a big surprise yeah, to me i mean also you know just to be fair you know i, I don't want to necessarily call out what the, a lot of the people doing were just absolute jerkery because obviously frustrations emotions yeah. etc etc i just don't want to make it sound like it's particularly one side being mean or the other you know or, or whatever well i mean so. they weren't they weren't being intentionally uh, combative well i don't know if I, even that's fair but yeah they, they were definitely frustrated of course yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's not it's not for them i imagine it's not just this single thing that caused them to get angry as well of toy trying to get in when you know he was saying he was from texas in texas or in louisiana even though he was currently in texas um instead instead it's a longer term thing for them too i'm sure that they had been talking about how texas players aren't allowed but brian is for a while like that's probably not a new <laughs> complaint that they have had uh, yeah. So I, I imagine that for them, it's probably an ongoing sort of thing, too. And this this for them, too, was like finally the struggle. Not to mention, yeah. and it probably stings a little bit, little bit more that Brian came from out of state and is now in right. their state. It's not allowed to play like that's definitely got to hurt a little bit. Well, I'm just saying it wasn't like Brian was already there, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, we'll make the exception for the top player. It's like this guy from out of town came to our state 
and now we're not allowed to play here and he is like i i understand like yeah i i i I took back the line about not being intentionally combative uh but yeah i uh i i do understand them being frustrated uh and i think that i think many people would be frustrated in that situation it's just it's just a different perspective on this same event for the one side on spooky and min it's something that they run and and it may not feel like it's such a big deal to them and or they have the right to do whatever they want with it ultimately right it's their it's their event um which i think is all a totally reasonable and understandable perspective and then on the texas players side i also totally get why they would Mm -hmm. feel that this event should be a more sort of impartial event that just has a rule book that they abide by and uh, that is important to be able to get into because it has so many eyeballs. I mean, honestly, people watch NLBC. Uh, there is a significant prize pot, especially in comparison to many of the other weekly things going on these days, especially online. Uh, and and if you do well, it's not just about getting the money. It's about you know comparing yourself against these really, really super strong players in that scene as well as having the, the notoriety that goes along with it, which could mean money. I mean, it could be you're joining a team or not. Like, it, it could have a real impact in, in some ways. So, I mean, so I, I, I get why they are frustrated as well. It's just, a diff- you know, two different sides on this thing, and I think both kind of have understandable perspectives, to be honest. Yeah, uh, um, one thing that I will add is from uh, 16-bit in the chat who says that, you know, there's definitely this idea of like, oh, anyone can enter. Obviously, net net play is one thing. But the main point that 16-bit pointed out was that with the Capcom Pro Tour talking about doing dojo-esque events, NLBC probably will be one of those events that will grant points and not having access to it will be frustrating. Now, obviously, uh with Wednesday night fights, you know, I'm pretty sure they include Texas, so you can play from Texas. And uh, I mean, so there's two things, right? One, you know, got to do Wednesday night fights. Biggest problem with Wednesday night fights is it's run super late. And so a lot of players in Texas will be up later and they just simply can't do it because that tournament might run until like midnight for them and they need to get up for work the next day, you know, kind of situation. So um, hard harder to do um but you know and again this is not me calling anyone out this is just me suggesting this kind of thing you know what fuck texas no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) put that (laughs) look just that uh, part out of context (laughs) i mean (laughs) you can apply that to so many different contexts and actually have it be okay so you know (laughs) that's our youtube intro yeah Oh, man. Look, uh, I've been saying this to Texas for years now, over a decade, but I'm just not sure why. And this is even before online play was a thing. Is I'm really not sure why there isn't a Texas league. You know, just like, has I mean, no nobody, one... Nobody's going to do a league. It, it's, yeah, I don't, but, I don't know if that's reasonable to... Right, to, but we're in a situation right now where we don't need to do a league like that anymore. Just run a now, tournament. Just run an online tournament. Exactly, this yeah. is my point. And there, and, there, and there are. There are online tournaments. Right, but like, what is... like? What, what Spooky has is notoriety. He has, right. the, he has the stream that everybody watches. He has the players in New York City who are not just in NYC, but some of the best players in the world, not even just NA. And that's just not something you're going to get in many other places. Eyeballs and competition. And those are things that right. people want. And right. as well, like I said, in part because of those two things, 
uh, bigger prize pots. Yeah, and even even as a result, even like Wednesday Night Fights isn't even remotely as prestigious as NLBC is anymore, right? It just doesn't get the same kind of uh, 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 association with it, I feel like. It's still greater, but still not quite to that level. But, you know, I, I, I frankly, you know, I just, I think... I, I feel like that the, 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 they might be able to do more for promotion, you know, and obviously with players, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of good players, you know, around. Obviously, sure. NLBC has some of the best. It's where you're going to get IDOM, right? But if you're running a tournament in Texas, for example, you can also invite Florida people that would put smug and punk into the tournament as well you know you could probably stretch out to socal as well and get some of those socal players sure you're not going to get the chris cch is up in pacific northwest or anything like that you know and you're not going to get the new england people but you know spread it open it up to a lot of people and again i'm not saying this is easy to do but i'm just saying like this is something to, to look at and to start trying to build from this point forward you know it's you know not trying to say min is right about this but it's like you know spooky did build this over it's basically you know i'm not saying try to make justice league as your third dc movie as opposed to waiting until like actually establish everyone and make the avengers so it actually the payoff is there you know don't make the justice league like take your time but i feel like it's something that's worth trying to build up and you know talking with people and trying to help get some promotions and mark you know get some exhibitions show a lot of highlights tweet about it give it a nice you know super official name etc etc you know i just there there are people who are doing that stuff and and have been doing that stuff okay it's a and and you're right that spooky built up nlbc didn't pop out of nowhere of course there's a tremendous amount of work that went into that there's also a lot of luck he's in new york um and as a result has these players that everybody wanted to watch he did it right at the beginning in a way that has allowed his stream to grow with much more time. And, you know, at the beginning, when there were really just a few big streams in the whole, honestly, world, uh, he had he had this lucky spot. Um, so it's really hard to reproduce things like that. And I, I hope that, I know that there are people in Texas doing that kind of stuff. I hope that they continue to do that stuff. I also understand why the players would want to be part of something that they view as bigger and more prestigious. Again, I also understand why spooky and min would feel that they can be selective about who they allow in their event even when it breaks some other rule that has already existed so i don't know yeah i mean i don't feel like there's particularly uh, somebody who is all all the way in the right and i don't think that everybody is screwing up you know a lot of people are trying to do the right thing it's just uh it's a, it's a tough situation i think to be in in general um, yeah. i also very briefly want to say that uh, i have seen too many takes that this is some uh death knell for the fgc and i think that that is very absurd mm-hmm. um i you know nlbc has been a great stream online i've watched a lot of it myself um we'll be fine we'll be we'll be completely fine spooky will do whatever he wants to do and will enjoy himself hopefully more and will hopefully have success in doing well, it and we'll be we'll be completely fine everybody don't don't worry about it your first. thanks for watching we had a good <laughs> yeah. run yeah there I are mean, way too many takes out there like that 
I mean, honestly, though, I mean, this would be a great opportunity. I know, you know, Muffin Man is saying it in kind of a more dramatic, you know, jokey kind of fashion. But I mean, this might be a good opportunity to promote yourself now that NLBC is gone. So now that NLBC is gone, this might actually allow for other streams to pop up and really kind of try to take the limelight a little bit more. You know, I mean, again, like the Texas ones that you mentioned, right, David? I mean, like, it sucks. I don't know what they are. Like, which which events are they? Oh, man. Uh, and this Texas, is the problem. The this one. is the issue, right? Yeah, the, of course. The, yeah. The Texas one. Well, yeah, but I mean, David kind of explained all that, man. Like, you don't. You don't have punk playing there every week. Right. You don't have Idol but playing there every week. Now you that don't have NL... the production quality that Spooky has. Like, like it, being it successful... doesn't matter that now that NLBC is gone, you you're not going to be able to grow overnight just because of that. That's how oh that yeah, works. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like you know, there's an ability to try to work in a little bit of that promotion now. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's just a good yeah. opportunity. If you weren't doing that for years before today, it's not going to work today. Well, because the problem with You're this right. is they, they should continue doing it. Of course. I, I don't. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that that's true, Tubo. Because one of the things that does happen is burnout, right? So most people are going to be like, "I'm going to watch one major tournament a week." You know what? I'm going to watch NLBC. Now that NLBC is not around, I, I just feel like that there's a little bit more ability for some of the other ones to grow. It's just like when Street Fighter V came out and, you know, had a disastrous launch. Like, that's kind of one of the things that helped Tekken become bigger in the FGC for a period of time. And, you know, other games to really just come out and shine. Now Street Fighter is not anywhere near, like, the big fish you know, it still is the, you know, the biggest game in the FGC, but not by as much. And, you know, nowadays, if Street Fighter disappeared, if Street Fighter 6 comes out and it's just the worst game ever, like the FGC is going to be fine. You know, we're in that yeah. position now. So that's just kind of where I'm uh, coming from. That's all. I'm not saying like, why haven't you done it? You guys suck. You're not trying. I'm just saying like, this might be a good opportunity to really kind of make a push for it. That's all. Got to keep it up. Mm -hmm. You got to have luck and you got to have hard work. That's how success mm -hmm. happens. Got to keep it up. Yep. You so can't David do it said. without one. You can't do it without gotta both. Got to keep it up. All right, let's move on. Okay, come. Got to keep it up. Up next, some combo breaker news. They have announced that there is going to be another look alive. Do you guys remember this that they did last year? Mm -hmm. The whole bunch they of did. That was part of it. Yeah. Uh, was I? I think I watched, you but were. I really enjoyed you're it. Not, was I? Allowed. Was I you're, in it? Didn't you do MK banned. stuff? I I did do MK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're banned. I'm pretty sure. No, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was a blast. Uh, there was a bunch of commentary and sets for a bunch of different games. There were lots of skits and funny stuff going on. They were selling things. Music, music segments. Music, yep, yeah. yep. There, it, was a, it was a whole potpourri of fighting game and fighting game adjacent A cornucopia, stuff. if you A will. whole cornucopia, a smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I loved it, All honestly. you could eat fun buffet. Couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be coming back. And it's going to have... A lot of people involved. First of all, I should say April 18th through 22nd. So that will be, is that this weekend? Four-day event. Yes. It starts on, starts on Monday, excuse me. Uh, so check that out. Uh, and it's going to have 84 players, 25 organizers, 25 creators, 48 commentators, five DJs representing 18 different countries. Yeah, yeah. David, and that will be on... 48? 
twitch.tv slash Sajam. The old Sajam channel. Oh, dang, they're just streaming it straight up on Sajam's channel, huh? Sajam's nice. channel. Sajam presents Look Alive. Eat it, Rick. I've stole your brain. <laughs> that's, dude, that's genius, by the that's way. That's great, right? yeah. It's one yeah. of those things It's hard to, again, hard to build up, you know, the stream where everybody watches it. So Sajam's already got that brand. He's got the viewership when that shit goes well, live. Well, I, I think the, the plan is he does his normal stream, and then at, like, 7 p.m. or 5 p.m., whatever the hell time, he just switches over to Look Alive. Boom! Look alive is on. Awesome. So, so it's not going to be like, okay. Is it now when look alive starts? Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, that sounds like the best best way to do it, to be honest. So, that's James, it. are you one of the forty eight uh, commentators? Are we allowed to say this? Are we allowed to? I, I don't this? know, but you just gave it sure. away right now, David. David was straight faced. He was like, oh, I'm not giving away anything. James was, wait, can we say? I mean, like, I mean, I know if I'm not doing one of the games, I can definitely be like, am I allowed to say I'm not doing any of the games? Right? I, I, I Yeah, but would somebody who didn't work on something ask that question? Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, That's not confirmed, James. Okay, Leak. for most people, for most people, over. Your whole career for is most over. people, that is true. <laughs> but I over. am so empathetic and genuinely concerned about other people and i'm always worried about other people so much that if i'm not doing it i would still not want to say if i'm doing it or not as to not spoil it because that is the kind of kindness and genuine love that i have in my heart credit to this ass backwards explanation you just gave i did ask esteban to come on the show tonight and esteban said no i have too much shit to do for look alive still so, you know, there's still editing and stuff. Maybe James isn't actually part of it. Maybe James still has to record his stuff. Who knows? They're still, they're still working on it. You're telling me it's not going to be live, Tubbleware? It wasn't live last year. Not live, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, no, look, I, I love that this is the kind of thing. I, I hope it will just be a yearly thing. Last year, in lieu of having an in-person combo breaker, is like why I thought that it was happening. But maybe it's just a cool idea that, or maybe that uh, was why it originally happened. That was, yeah, that was the original idea, and Rick was like, "I like doing it." So, sick. All right, sick. All right. awesome. I, I hope to see it next year. It's really fun. So, am I doing it? Is the question. I think, Tubo, that the correct question is actually, how many different games am I doing? Okay. Uh, considering there's an even even amount of commentators that would mean that you wouldn't be able to overlap unless there's other people also doing more than one thing however there are 84 players and only 48 commentators does that mean that there will be many commentators who do many different games there, there could be many overlaps or there could just be two sets happening per commentator totally Totally. We'll have to Who find knows? out. Find out your... on April 20th. Uh, 18 through 22. 18 through the 22nd. There you go. That's what I said the first time. So, so yeah. I didn't I didn't read the, the tweet spiel. Let me just say, our five-day fighting games mashup features money matches, documentaries, interviews, magic tricks, game shows, music, skits, and more. I, that sounds tricks. so cool. Yeah, I'm happy, man. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> I just oh like, I don't think of Rick who's just sitting in there like in all black with a black denim jacket on his <laughs> hair, like his beard braided, like a warrior uh, black hat, 
black everything, and then he goes, you know what I want to look alive? I want a magic show. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's a bouncy castle. Like, this who doesn't, can, I don't imagine. Who is going to about. reject magic, dude? Magic is like the coolest thing, dude. Everybody likes magic. Dude, Everybody's dude, into Dude, if magic, David right? likes magic, everybody likes magic. Okay? I, I like the popular things. I'm, I'm a <laughs> popular thing kind of guy, James. I, I'm, not, I'm not a magic type you're, of guy. You're a popular thing? And... And, you know, hand tricks. You know what's popular, David? Rivalries. That's what's popular. I don't know what you're talking about, but maybe we'll find out in a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Anything else to say on Look Alive Round 2? Uh, uh, watch it. Yeah, watch yeah. it. Twitch.tv uh, slash Sayjam. And, uh, yeah, uh, drinking game. Every time you see me on the stream, take a swig. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, I'm not going to be able to watch much of it. So, <laughs> All right. And then the other <laughs> the other thing about Combo Breaker could is that be they Raz. announced. Could be Raz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One beer. <laughs> One drink. That's it. One sip. Yeah. One could sip be. over four days. You're yeah. killing people, James. You're killing exactly. people. Exactly. Exactly. That actually could almost make me hungover nowadays. <laughs> Combo Breaker news in addition to that. All in together, the community attorneys at CB2222. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. yeah, it sure mm -hmm. is. And another 28 open bracket tournaments. Jeez. 28. Yep. A huge amount. So in, All in community total, ran, by the way, not ran yes. by official staff. Well, I mean, some of the guys are probably, and gals are probably official staff at Combo Breaker as well. But it's all community ran. So if you want to play Marvel Infinite, you got to find Jayco Man. Well, you have to sign up on Smash.gg uh, and then yeah. find Jayco Man at Combo Breaker. I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it is it is being done by people from the community. But like at the same time, it's, you know, semi-official uh, at Combo Breaker. It, there's actually... Well, I, Combo Breaker itself, I guess, is not running it, but they are giving a bunch of space to the people Listen, who are running it. official, non-official. Sort of coordinating I mean, they, this, it. They, they, they've done this in the past. I mean, the previous Combo yeah, Breaker yeah. had that extra room. That's where MVC2 and TMNT Tournament Fighters and Super Turbo and Vampire mm, Savior right. and Alpha 2 and Alpha 3 and Sailor Moon, all that stuff was being run over there in that other room. So I'm sure it's just going to be kind of the same thing, but on a more official capacity, maybe almost, uh, you know, akin to, you know, what anime Evo used to be at Evo. Now, uh, now a Vortex Gallery is uh, for Evo. So there will be a total of 53 open bracket tournaments. Jeez. 53, including the official ones that Combo Breaker itself is running and then including these community run events as well. So, man. A lot of stuff hey. going on out there at the Combo Breaker this <laughs> Big year. Big for Lil, Skullgirls is not a retro game, okay? It just oh. had season one come out, yeah. mind you. Just Brand because just because we just had a FG Anniversaries talk about its 10th anniversary doesn't mean that it's a retro game. Season one just came out, okay? Yeah. All right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, retro games get support. StarCraft got a patch after, like, 10 years or something, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, not to balance, but to other stuff, yeah. All right. Yeah, anything else to say on this? Oh, no, nothing comes to mind. Just All right, watch well, it. look for me and look alive. Wow, another leaker. Dang. However, no, nah, I'm just, I didn't do any commentary. I'm just messing around. I don't believe you. I don't or believe am you. I? I don't believe you. <laughs> 
Now you don't know who to believe, me or not me. Man, what a mix-up. Oh, God, it's almost as effective as his fighting game mix-ups. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All All right, moving on. All right, yeah, moving on, I guess. Uh, Looking forward to Combo Breaker again. Let's go on break. Let's do it. We're going to have our guest, Anton, Filipino man, coming in in just a little bit. Be right back, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. And for our interview segment this week, we are bringing on Mr. Filipino man representing not just the so not just SoCal, but the entire West Coast. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> doing great. It's Tuesday. And that means there's a lot of blow ups, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Let's do okay. some more. Huh? You're about to you're about to blow some other stuff up. Huh? huh? <laughs> you want to be going to be mean out there? All right. All right look. You don't uh, like me stirring uh, the pot, David? You don't like me stirring the pot? Uh, you want to stir the pot? I'm not saying don't do it, dude. Come on. We're, we brought you onto this show. Let's get, let's get wild. Uh, all right. So before we get into what we are going to be talking about, of course, this uh, Midwest versus West Coast stuff, let's start talking about how you got into the competitive FGC in the first place. What is your origin story for taking games competitively? Ooh, that's a good question. So when I was young, I always loved fighting games. They're the only games I ever really played. So I mm-hmm. played Tekken 3 growing up. I had Street Fighter Alpha 3 Max. I remember even when I was a kid, like, I thought Rose was a boss, because if you remember the Alpha 3 character selection, Bison oh, was yeah. up here and Rose had her own little one down here. So I was like, oh, crap, a female boss character. And then um, when I got my <laughs> PS2, I bought MVC2 and Tekken Tag Tournament 2 in 2001 when I was like six. Those were the first games I bought at Best Buy. But Dang, as time went on, I started... <laughs> so I started playing like Maple Story, unfortunately, straying away from the fighting games. But then MapleStory had a glitch, so I decided to be like, okay, I can't play on this anymore. Um, it kept logging me out, so I decided to pick up Dead or Alive 4. And that was actually my first competitive fighting game in 2000, late 2007, early 2008. So I finally saw that there was a lot of people that were playing online, like playing very competitively. They were very good. So I was like, I can do this. I can actually play them and finally have people to play with because my brother never wanted to play fighting games with me growing up. So and if then, it wasn't for a Maple Story glitch... We may not have Filipino man in the community. <laughs> it was all the bugs. It was a glitch, but it was Mortal Blow glitch. I feel anyone remembers that one. But then... I didn't play MapleStory, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and then, of course, to get into Street Fighter 4, um, from Dead or Alive 4, I remember looking all of the looking at all the trailers, and it was C Viper that actually got me to want to play the game. Mm. I was like, she's like jumping all around the screen, and you know, now now I don't play jumpers anymore. I always just stay on the ground. But but that that's actually kind of counts as jumping a little bit. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was the jumping that got that got me into Street Fighter 4, and I remember selling all my games. I sold all my Nintendo games. I was like, I'm done with Nintendo. I'm too old for Nintendo. And then I I sold I sold Marvel vs. Capcom too. Right? I mean, I mean, it was awful choice. Yes, and then it was an awful choice, but you know, I don't regret it one bit. Getting the getting Street Fighter Four, and then that's how I got into competitive games. Is I found the online community. But why did you start playing fighting games? What about them drew you to them, even as a kid? I think I think it's just um, being able to mash a lot of stuff and have stuff come out as you like it. I don't know, like, I think be, being able to match in a fighting game is very important to get out your inputs because it shows, like, you know, these people are just having some fun. And, of course, it doesn't work in competitive gameplay, but if you're just trying to beat the computer and then nothing is working for you and you're just stiff, that's not good for a new player. But for me, having, like, Tekken 3 and even, like, holding, holding up and pressing a button and getting a kick, 
That's something I can't really do in a lot of games. It's like very weird to move back in the day. <laughs> I mean, was it the fact that they were there was a one-on-one fight or was it some something audiovisual about it that you liked? Like I'm trying to understand like what was the draw cuz you could be mashing in any number six. of different You think he remembers? I would I don't remember why I like video games. <laughs> I I actually I actually do remember cuz I started playing Street Fighter 2 when I was also 6. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I remember the feeling of, of what I was interested in. I have, as you know, not the world's best memory, but I do remember that. <laughs> um, well, I always, um, so growing up in SoCal, I actually went to the Super Arcade way before it became like Watson's. Mm. I, I was always brought to the arcade. I loved the idea of pressing buttons. I remember going to, um, to the laundromat because I grew up really poor um, and playing on the little 25 cent Neo Geo machines. There's always an MVC one cab. Actually, if you go to the laundromat in Pomona off of Holt, um you'll go in there the machine is broken now but it's still the same machine that i played on back when i was like eight oh, or seven dang. and i took a picture of it it's out of order they took it out of order because people are burglarizing it oh. but dude you, but need, to, you need to purchase that from them and restore it come on yeah, dude. Ooh, like, i probably could <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, that always draw me is like pressing the button and like having the joystick um i didn't play on stick obviously my whole life i always i played on pad at the beginning but yeah but having the, the idea of it was always like strong to play for me. So right. yeah, like I, I always told James, my main, my main story at Super Arcade was when I was playing Marvel versus Capcom 2, because back in the day in, in PlayStation 2, um, when you played Marvel and you set the health bar to the, the high damage health bar, um, you couldn't unlock certain characters in the shop. And of course, as a seven-year-old, you can't really um, process that you just needed to lower the life bar so the other characters would show up in the shop. Um, so I played characters at the arcade, which were Juggernaut, BB Hood, and Gambit. This is like my fondest memory of the Super <laughs> nice. Arcade. And I was like getting bopped by the CPU because of course I was not good. I was still a young child. But then there was this like man that like was like, let me help you. And I was like, oh, and that story is kind of weird back in the day. But like, like now that I think about it now, but like he definitely like played the game and was like sick with like these three characters. And I don't we, know. I feel we like have... that man was James Chen. No, we've <laughs> yeah. actually talked about this. I remember we were I was talking to Anton a long time ago. I was trying to figure out who that man might have been, and I was like, maybe it was Visant or something, you know? Because like... Visant used to live in this area, so it could have definitely well, been. Did he him. have a, a black leather vest? <laughs> <laughs> And no. <laughs> well, it probably wasn't Jay. It do couldn't have, have been any... Jay then, because that's all he ever wore. He ever do you wore, yeah. do you have any memory at all of what the person looked like? Curiously, he, he had like a beard. I remember he had a beard, and he was like clean shaven. Like he he had the brown hair, and I remember he was wearing like a coat, like a brown coat. Like mm-hmm. that's what I remember. That oh, the yeah. weird guy with a beard and a brown coat talking to <laughs> little children. That's what you remember. <laughs> I definitely remember. I definitely remember. That's the wrong memory, dude. But all right. <laughs> I mean, I was like seven. But yeah, it was just he was definitely white. He was definitely white. Okay. If that's okay. Another question. That does lower so, okay. it down a little bit. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you start playing Street Fighter Four. And then, yeah. I, you know, how long did it take you to start showing up uh, to community events, to the weeklies and monthlies that we were having a ton of at that time? Ooh, so it took me about a year. So I didn't play any vanilla offline at all. Okay. Um, at the beginning, I was actually a Zangief player. <laughs> that was actually the player that I met. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, Zangief, like I can twirl my stick and try and win this game. But I was like, let me play 
I unlocked Rose because I, I feel that there's value in unlocking characters. And like, I was like, she's the boss character. Like, you had to play with Bison to unlock Rose. Four <laughs> <still laughs> years later, you still thought she was the boss character. Yeah, I thought she was a hidden boss character. Right. So I was like, let's play Rose. And then I played the story. So that's how I got into Rose. And then nice. no one else played Rose in season one. I, if you Or season mm -hmm. one, Vanilla. So if you remember Sax, I watched a lot of Sax back in the day to figure out Rose. She got ninth at Evo that year in mm -hmm. Evo 2009. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I used to play Sax and Mirror Matches, which is, you know, in vanilla street fighter 4 i was in california he was in maryland like i was playing people across the united yeah, states with right. no problem and now i can't even play someone in vegas it's gonna be laggy but back then i just did not care i played anyone at any time right. um and then and then a year later i found the offline scene i actually met christy and brent before i met them on Ooh. offline online first so we decided to go to these events together after meeting each other through xbox yeah. live it was like xbox live party chat no i remember <laughs> when you guys first started showing up to wednesday Night fights it was literally you brent and chris like you were the trio that would show <laughs> up and i remember because you were the young you were the young kids and you know i tell the story all the time i mean like not this is not a critique or anything but you guys weren't very strong when you guys first showed up you were obviously exactly. knew what you were doing but your growth came largely through playing at wednesday night fights Absolutely. And learning from the best, learning from Watson to teach me the little things. Um, but I actually have to credit all, all of me playing all these games to um, Mondo. Mondo was definitely the one that really got Mondo. me into Yeah. yeah so in case people don't, Mondo. like a little bit of history there, Mondo was the West Coast spooky, basically, for yeah, yeah. Wednesday Night Fights. He streamed everything from Super Arcade. Uh, he was basically the man. He was... Pretty much, like, if Spooky was the hardest working man in the FGC, Mondo was, like, number two for sure. Absolutely. But even before that, um, you had LA scene, you had the inner city, you had the, um, you had OC, you had, you know, the old days, Warrock, Tatsu, and um, Andy OCR. Uh, yeah. You had, like, Kino and Mike Ross from the, Arca uh, from the Arcade <laughs> Infinity. But you had, like, me from the Inland Empire. And, you know, the only person to run those Inland Empire events was Mondo. And, you know, mm. a lot of people don't know that SoCal expands that big. And we don't really count Inland Empire that much in terms of when we say SoCal because it's so hot and so, like, it's oh, kind of grimy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And not, only that, yeah. and not only that, I, so I was born and raised in IE. Uh, and once you leave it, you never want to go back. So that's probably what <laughs> <one of> it <those laughs> a little bit more east or more west so i don't want to go back but growing up there was definitely a different experience and taught yeah. me a lot well let's let's talk a little bit i mean we're gonna hop forward in time pretty far in just a little bit but i i'd like to know how important wednesday night fights was for you and for the other players that you guys mentioned um you might put um myers in there as well among players Mark who are Teddy. you know Mark teens uh well i mean marcus like he he and I were at UCLA at the same time. Like he was he was not as young as the other guys mm -hmm. and not as exclusively like playing in Wednesday night fights and stuff like that. So true, true. what 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 was that experience like and and how like formative was that? I think it's because it gave us all a place to play all the time with everyone at the same time because Walnut was really at the middle of like everything. It was like yes. if you have a SoCal triangle like, even if Santa Monica's a little bit farther from Walnut, it just gave us all a place to go where, where Mark Teddy from Santa Monica can drive there and me yeah. from Fontana at the time can drive there mm -hmm. 40 minutes each way. Um, and we can all meet and play and meet all these people with different styles. Um, the name, like, even if you just think about the name Wednesday Night Fights, people would go to Wednesday Night Fights. People wouldn't go to the mini tournaments other than the people in the local. Like, people wouldn't go to 
Mondo's nice little monster tournament. Like I love going there. We used to get 40 players, but we didn't get, you know, we didn't get Mark Teddy to go there at the time. We didn't mm-hmm. get, get um San everyone Diego to go there. Guys, like yeah. The San Diego guys. It used to be like online Tony maybe he would sometimes go and dominate us because we weren't good enough to beat him yet. <laughs> or maybe Kino would go. Kino was always the one that always used to support it and go there. We never got mm-hmm. like Mike Ross or anyone like that. But when Super Arcade came out with Wednesday Night Fights and all together. Um, because I did, I was not there ever for the early Wednesday night fights days. It was always right. only the mm-hmm. super arcade days. Yes. Um, is where when everyone just congregated, became friends, and got really strong and played with each other on Fridays, on Wednesdays. We used to stay up until four a.m. Go to Denny's. Um, building yeah. a friendship outside of the mm-hmm. game because I think friendship is like the number one thing that will get improved because these are the training partners you'll train with forever. And I think I bring that with me to my, the challenges I have now because I have new friends <laughs> that yes. I will. I will go to bat for. <laughs> well, I think that's a really interesting perspective because I remember at around that time we had Wednesday night fights and there was um whatever the New York local was called at that time. I don't remember what phase we're in exactly. <laughs> but uh you know, it was it was Wednesday night fights hugs basically. They when everybody was Wednesday friendly and nice hugs, with yeah. each other. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then in New York they were combative relatively speaking. I mean, they all had they were friends as well, but you know, there was a more combative, openly combative relationship. And I remember at the time there being people they would have saying like, each other in the face <laughs> like <laughs> this, like the combative style is what you need to get good. And then people in LA and SoCal were like, no, like we can be cool and be good. Like what, how, how do you view the difference in, in how that is arranged and like, what is, what actually produces good players? I think obviously, you know, when, when you have psychology, you have the, the punishment and then the, um, what do you call it? Where are you? <laughs> The reward, punishment reward, or right? reward, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. both of them yield results. Okay, but okay. Only only one of them can yield the friendships right away. So I think I think both of them can yield both positive results. Um, obviously, you know, like I grew up Asian, so there's obviously a lot of the punishment for me in growing <laughs> up. <laughs> so so like I I I you know like you definitely learn from that still like that i'm not saying you don't but i'm saying that you can you can still like maintain your friendships that will be lifelong and still be competitors like on the field and um want to practice with each other and i think there is value in wanting to just prove that you're the best and that's the only thing to prove um but at the same time um i don't think that makes you the happiest in the fighting game community like i just think that's way more conducive to be friends and be friendly with each other yeah, but what if I really hate you? <laughs> then sucks to suck. Then you'd, create, you'd be then one of the few, one of the only few, Tubbo. Oh boy. <laughs> then you create the rivalries, right? That's where the rivalries. Yeah, right, come right, from. right. So, so you um, get really good at Street Fighter Four. You get what did you get? Ninth at Evo twice yeah. or something like that. I got ninth in Street Fighter. I got thirteenth in Street Fighter Four. Okay. You know, because if you remember my match with Itazan, it went disastrously, and I definitely <laughs> I mean, choked. Sorry, yeah, I choked. But then I got my revenge the next year against Itazan using the different ultra. And then I choked against Knuckle Dew. And then mm-hmm. um, I got 13th again at Street Fighter Five season one. Yeah, so I got 13th, 9th, 13th. So, you know, I'll never, I'll never make it. Pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, and that's that's a you, great stretch. Did you still got a chance, dude? Come on, come on. Get back. You, you know, you yeah. know, James, I, I will always hold the title for having the most games played at a single Evo. Yes. Because I lost first round on a 5,000 person Evo. And I don't think anyone else will ever be able to beat that record yes. of playing 22 games at an Evo. So mm-hmm. I, will, I will take that down to my grave. <laughs> That's right. That is definitely legit. All right. <laughs> oh, man. 
But I mean, so, you know, at this point, you know, SoCal at one point was the strongest. You've played in a lot of those, you know, uh, Wednesday Night Fights versus NLBC exhibitions. You know, there was the famous one that was at Evo, uh, you know, where the Chen Rage emote comes from and stuff like that, <laughs> you know. Uh, but like the uh, what like how obviously right now. You're backing, you know, this West Coast kind of situation. But, you know, Wednesday Night Fights, for example, doesn't have the same kind of prestige that it used to have and everything like that. What's your yeah. take on, you know, what kind of happened with the SoCal scene? I should, do, do I want to be realistic or do I want to just be like, real. sugarcoat Come a little let's bit? Let's go. I want to hear drama. <laughs> this is Drama Tuesday, baby. Let's go. Okay, okay, okay. So the SoCal scene is still strong. It is still strong. Mm -hmm. We are still strong. Everyone kind of lost their will to play because of COVID and the pandemic. Obviously, they don't get to go out and play. A lot of people used to play only for that. But mm -hmm. I feel the prestige of Wednesday Night Fights is not the fault of the players. I feel um I feel like a lot was trying a lot they were trying to do too much at, in the middle right. of Street Fighter 5. Um in terms of not showcasing only Street Fighter 5, and there was too much at Wednesday Night Fights going on to only showcase Street Fighter 5. So I get I get Vi's perspective on that. But back in the, back in the day we had Wednesday Night Fights and the Runback. So th there was only two games each, so it's much more easy to um to swallow that mm -hmm. pill to watch those two mat two games per night. But when we're when we're getting like random Gundam game or random mobile game on stream, that really affects the prestige of our event because they're not really showing all the street how the build up to getting to that top eight. It's always just these top eight players, and um it could be anyone from SoCal at that time. And um I don't mean this as like a um a slight at um that decision. It's just I understand why the decision was made, but I think that really hurt um. In terms of showcasing our players because if you remember back in street fighter 4 it like great like even our mid-level players were showcased at wednesday night fights even our mid-level players at the runback were showcased but like i feel like at the point of where we are now only our top three sometimes with stream so like that's going to be the same players every week and no one wants to watch the same match every week people want to watch the variety so i feel like that's what hurt that's what hurt wednesday night fights but i feel the players are still pretty strong I mean, even though we don't see them on streams as much, I mean, Snake Eyes obviously is still killing everybody on his own stream. I know Chris and Brent are still playing a lot as well, right? So they're <laughs> secretly all... they, they 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 say they don't, but they are right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, so talk to me about this then. Where did this so where did this West Coast versus Midwest rivalry come from? Absolutely. So I'm just going to say that the Midwest started it. The Midwest definitely started it. I just made it a spectacle. Wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. If, So take us, take us to, to moment one where you think this all started. How did the Midwest start it? What all did right, they Tumble, do? I, I got you. I got you. 2019, <laughs> 2019, 2019. Let's go back to 2019. Three years. <laughs> 2019, three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had the why does West Coast get all the opportunities? era of, right, right. of fighting games like they don't deserve it they just get it because of their location as if we don't work hard and they always said oh it's, it's not because you don't work hard it's because you guys it's really just because of your location but like at the end of the day there's no reason for you to say that unless you really meant that it's because we don't deserve these opportunities because you can just get come over here and grab these opportunities from us to, like but like even then it's like as covid happened that went away because it doesn't matter if you're really from LA or really from like, I understand in a commentator's perspective, like it is much better to get jobs at it if you live in SoCal. And obviously there's a lot of geographical bias in that term, but in terms of being a player, it's actually pretty hard to become one of the most 
um, prolific players here in SoCal or the prolific players back in NorCal back in the day. Imagine having to go to Wednesday night fights, proving yourself to win that, trying to beat Snake Eyes every week. It's like not going to happen. <laughs> like it's impossible. He is the best player. Like, and you're not, and to get that showcase time, it's very difficult. Obviously, you'll get more practice here, but um, that's what that's initially what started it. Rob TV was even back then was talking a lot of a lot of smack about the SoCal players. And let me just tell you that, you know, I had to I had to shut him down at some CEO, beating him at CEO 2019. He called me the Street Fighter 4 has been. That's incorrect. I am <laughs> definitely <laughs> I definitely have Street Fighter 5 acumen. It doesn't matter like what you like. I might not have been as good in Street Fighter 5 as I am in Street Fighter 4. And you can say all you want that COVID makes you that like a lot happened that change in COVID that made you a better player than me. But at the same time, none of us have really played other regions for three years. And that's why I feel like making this West Coast versus Midwest spectacle was um, was very necessary because we just haven't played in a while. People want to watch. And um, so even starting from back then, um, that's where the Midwest rivalry started. And then going through CPT, if you really watch old, old CPT victories from Rob, we have never said anything about the Midwest in CPT 2021. But if you watch his post-interview, he could not get Chris CCH out of his mouth. He could not get West Coast out of his mouth. He called us out saying that the only players that he couldn't beat are Punk and Idon and saying that the mid or the West Coast has no chance. So I just I just was like, you know, if that's all you want to say, then just play us. Why not just play us? And I decided to make the video. I was like, you know what, Chris? Like, you know what, Eric? You know what? Like, we should just make this video. Let's all meet up in NorCal. You know, they're they're my best friend. So me, Fakito, and Chris CCH are like best friends. Like we definitely that's cool. go. So we were just like, let's go, let's go make these videos. And you know, even if our video flops, even if people make fun of us, let's go make this funny video and just call them out and finally figure it out. And I well, think David, this... David, you surely watched the videos. What did you think of, of the videos, David, that you surely well, watched? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how you would describe that. I mean, surely there are people who are watching us who haven't seen the video. So what, what happened in it? <laughs> what happened in it? Um, it was. <laughs> So Don't for me, tell it was just people. Just with people who can see it. So, you know. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're we're, t we're talking about a rivalry that you are sort of, you know, you there's history here, but you, that you are also moving forward. So like, you know, what what did you say in the video? What did you do in the vid? I just said that Rob TV was talking too much smack, and that um, just to put just to play the match. That that that's literally the the gist of the one minute video was. Here, here, we'll finally put that some terms to finally play that match. I wanted the match to be played at Capcom Pro Tour or Capcom Cup last year, whatever it was. Um, but obviously that couldn't happen because of the cancellation. Um, right. But but I just wanted to move it forward and just let's play the match. And that's all it was. So we can we can continue. If you if you can really back up what you're saying, let's play that match. Right. All right. And, and so how, to, how was so that? Quickly, well, I was going to say, let's sort of quickly recap. The billionaire class gets mad that the working class wants some shine for their hard work. And the billionaire class says, what, are you telling me that I didn't work hard to be a billionaire? Well, I worked real hard and I'm mad about it. And then COVID happened and nobody was mad about it anymore because we're all stuck at home, whatever. And then basically out of nowhere, you just decided, you know what, I want to fight the Midwest. But but we never talk shit about the Midwest or Rob TV. But also, you guys suck. We want to play you. That that's that's the story, right? No, you you, you, you completely skipped 2021 in your recap 
where he was taught he just could not stop talking about the west coast i don't remember that part of your story i don't remember that part <laughs> uh-huh. it was midwest tubo midwest tubo here so. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right so then how was that video received and what has happened since then I think the video, um, obviously, we had audio issues. Um, we didn't want to do any more takes because it was about to rain in NorCal backstage stuff. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we, only, we only did it in four takes. So I was not happy with the entire video. Um, and, you know, it's just, I was just like, let's, let's just send it out anyway because it'd be funny. It'll be fun. You know, right. it, it adds some stakes to something that other people would otherwise not care about. Right. And people now are pretty invested. Like, even, even if you're not a fan of like this kind of skit work, it, it adds like a little yeah. bit of um, entertainment. To the to the match and um so i think it was received well you know i i get a little bit of hate for like me being me i guess i don't know um they they just like hate <laughs> on the audio they, they hate on the tie they hate on the suit or they hate on like like they nitpick like little things but otherwise it was pretty well received and i feel like i threw the alley-oop to whoever wanted to take it so i, I threw this alley-oop so it was an open-ended video right. for them to accept the challenge it was an open-ended video for anyone any to that wanted to take the take take on that exhibition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i feel like it's just um I'm, I'm getting pretty good at having ideas to produce <laughs> in terms of getting people forward or like moving moving up like yep. like <laughs> like I, I, I like the big spectacles so i like me I, i'm the one that like planned out the entrance at red bull kuma and yeah. also all the paperwork so I, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit just because i wanted to bring it up so this is a good segue into that when Chris ECH did, you know, everyone at Red Bull Kumite always gets to do like a little intro as they walk onto the stage. And my, what I've heard was that the original plan for Chris ECH was less than stellar and less than uh, hype. And it was you who came up with the idea to print out the pictures of other people and have them tear them down and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, really honestly kind of put chris ech on the map a little bit yeah so the original plan and we won't say who who (laughs) who said it was was throwing out flower petals and i was like sakura petals basically you should have seen you should have seen my face i was like what like (laughs) you're gonna waste your opportunity to showcase your, your 10 seconds to showcase your personality on throwing out like, being a, a wedding flower girl at freaking red bull kumite <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not allowing it so i was like <laughs> i got you like i know i know you won the lcq and i know we only have less than six hours until tomorrow before we can go and like play your matches or like it was like eight hours or something like that because you know like the lcq lasted a long time and then the right. next day was actually the finals yeah um so i was like i got you like i'll wake up tomorrow morning I will go and um, I, I called one of our friends at the time. Um, I was like, I need your help. Like, I need you to make these like things. I, I looked up all the tweets that were, were them talking a lot of crap. Me, we, we did that together. And I was like, here are the photos that we're going to use. And then just make it. And I was like, I think it would be cool if we did a Days of Future Past reference because we are the FGC. We love Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, I will get it done. I will go tomorrow to to kinko and print it out and it's sunday not all the kinkos are open so i had to actually walk a mile and a half to go get it printed out <laughs> and come back and i was like and that's why he's his rips were terrible i will not i will never <laughs> give him any credit for those rips so he, he didn't get any practice but it's okay <laughs> and i was like it's fine i got you and i got you it need all to done practice ripping a paper i mean that that paper was high quality it wasn't like it wasn't like gonna go like that it, it went like this it was like a photo paper <laughs> oh, man, so awesome. so i was like i got you uh, and then and then the Brian F one was actually 
um i was like i have a feeling you're gonna play against brian f so <laughs> i don't know I, it was just a feeling so that was just a guess okay nice guess <laughs> cool nice work <laughs> So what what are you hoping for from these videos? I mean, what's in in your mind? Well, what's before yeah. before we do that? Let's also just uh, talk about Rob's response video, right? Because Rob made a okay. response oh, video, either. right? Yeah. So uh, I mean, what did you think of the video? And you know, and you know, how what's your reaction to it? I thought it was incredible. Like I loved he he really put put in work. I thought he was just gonna have a selfie video, you know, his little selfie video where he like talks right. about it. And uh, I'm just like <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the response. I thought that would be okay, but I thought him putting in the work to make this ninja video, um, even with his boys, like I heard it, they're Midwest boys. It, I it's exactly what I wanted him to do because it builds him up. And I see people giving him all the props for this, um, what, what happened, like this rivalry to go on. Finally, someone's doing it. But I just want to let you know that it would not happen with what, without the West Coast making up the idea and throwing them the alley-oop. So right. assist to us no matter what. And um, <laughs> he, he, he posted earlier that it was a ratio. And like I, I, I will take any and all um, shit talk because... You know, I come, I come from an era past. Like it's, it was definitely different back then. Everyone was talking a lot of, a lot of mess. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I don't. I, it doesn't really bother me if you like take it a little bit personal with me. It's fine. Like, um, but I think I think it's exactly what he needed to do. It's exactly what he needed to do in response to make it the spectacle that I wanted. Okay. Well, what are you looking forward to now? I mean, what's your what's your hope for how this goes? I mean, there's going to be one more segment with all of us there at Combo Breaker, and then it's mm. going to be the match, and then that's the end of that rivalry. And then it's it's just one production, you know what I mean? It's just okay. to, it's just to have a big match that people care about and people are invested in. Get people interested in Street Fighter Five again, okay? Dave? Yeah, because yeah, Street Fighter Five that is game is easy, 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 easy. Yeah, okay. like no one wants to watch no Luke with no stakes on the line. Yeah, so people people want like a little bit of you know a little bit of pride back, and I feel like that's a it's kind of a lot of it's lost in fighting games now because people are just mm -hmm. like here, here, like put in the money, put in thousands of dollars, and then that's that's the only way you'll get some people to play. But if you bring back, I think this brings back pride. And I feel like that's something that a lot of us old players are. I'm not going to call us old because that always offends people. Us, you 09ers. call us old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us old. yeah, we're all older than you. Listen, I'm an 09er too. Same class, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you're older as well. So, yeah. Us 09ers, we're always like, always had a chip on our shoulder. And mm. that is something that I want. I want to give a chance to let these players showcase and then right. remove that chip from their shoulder. So, so talk to me about this. Not everybody out there, you know, I'm a personal, I love regional rivalries. Not everybody out there thinks rivalries are important. But uh, talk to me about why you think generating this and why rivalries are important like this. Okay, so if you really just look back, if you look back from NorCal versus SoCal and Wednesday Night Fights, or SCR 26, 2017? <laughs> like, or no, it was SCR 20, oh my God, it's SCR 2014. Wow. Okay, yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you look back, if that moment didn't see, happen for you're Snake old. Eyes, you are old. I'm telling you. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, so man. in SCR 2014, if that moment didn't happen for Snake Eyes, would Snake Eyes have been really that made or really that as popular as he was? Potentially, but I would argue that was Snake Eyes' defining moment is making that five v five and having that regional rivalry of NorCal versus SoCal. Him making that comeback. You know, we were getting owned, and him making that slow comeback up. 
that could that would define him as his as a player and that could happen for anyone in this exhibition really if someone really outshines and outperforms everything that that player is made as a player in the fgc and that he didn't need to win a big major to do that he didn't need to you know he didn't need to make top eight it's because everyone should have value in the fgc no matter you're like if you're trying to if you're trying to have some value but um i feel like fgc is top heavy and it's a good way to showcase players who are amazing at the game but they're not exactly the best 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 world-class international and i'm not saying there's no world-class international or world-class players in this um pool that we have but people can definitely shine and if there's eyes on it people will definitely have that following afterwards what are the players who are going to be playing yeah so so who are the players the midwest hasn't given me the roster yet but for us for me it's um it's me chrissy ch Lakito, who, if you guys don't know, was a Street Fighter Four player here in SoCal. Yeah. Um, just couldn't just couldn't beat anybody at the top level because they all knew the Rose match. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then Jot, who is um, a player from NorCal. Um, he's very, very, very good, and um, people don't really see him a lot of him because he's not really the well-known player, but he's definitely very good. And then we have Supendis. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that I'm is. I'm gonna our give point. you. I'm gonna give you some some advice from the Midwest right now. Uh-oh. Sure. If you guys want any chance of winning, any chance at all, make sure that Rob doesn't put Joey nine thousand on the team. Because I just heard five players that'll get scooped up and Mika slammed all over the place by Joey, by himself. How are you gonna beat Joey? No, Joey will lose to himself as he always does. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. You tell him. You tell him, Anton. You tell him. Wow. Joey is on the brink of victory every time, and then all of a sudden, here you go. Like, like that's the two-time Frosty Falcon champion. You're talking I love about. that. I love that. There we go. <laughs> two times. No, I love Joey. Joey's great, but like, yeah. he's he definitely is a little bit of a, a choker when it comes to closing out the match. And I think he is an amazing player, amazing footsies, amazing mix-ups, but. But I feel like we'll close it out against him. Right. I mean, and so, like, again, this is kind of interesting to me because, you know, one of the things that I I love about this is, you know, there is a rivalry, but a respect coming from you in a lot of this. And it really is just kind of building up this. I mean, because a lot of people in the chat are like, I don't even like Street Fighter V, but I'm hyped for this. You know, I mean, me too, dude. I can't wait to have a reason to yell at combo breaker (laughs) i haven't had a good reason to really yell since like 2018 2019 yeah so i'm ready yeah see so i mean to me this is what i do love about these kind of rivalries you know and so that's why when you put out that video i was so happy you know like to see that kind of thing it wasn't it wasn't about the production it wasn't about you know any of that it was just let's get a storyline going because again you know, I always tell the story of how West Coast, East Coast rivalry literally defined Street Fighter 4 with, you know, Combo Fiend and them going out to Sensation and winning. And now they thought they were the best. And then Bar Fights 2 happened and then we were the worst. And then Alex Vi started Wednesday Night Fights for that reason, you know, and yes. go. So it's just the, the garage days where if you went oh two, you got kicked out. Yep. <laughs> Band yeah. matches. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so wet NorCal SoCal, the rivalry there, I felt like even in the Street Fighter two days, that was one of the biggest things with, you know, Graham Wolf and you know, the Wolf Brothers and Jason Nelson going up against Tomo and all those guys. I just feel like rivalries are such a 
inherent even in Japan there's a lot of East Japan versus West Japan rivalries and stuff like that I think it drives a lot of the FGC honestly I agree well I mean what do you have to say to somebody who is like not like theoretically if there's somebody out be? there who's not that invested in this who could that be David? Um, like you, I don't know say you know because someone? like that person's about to like turn 39 and they've just like been through this so many you know times someone? and they just all David? feel like they're completely the same at this point uh and mm. hey, like maybe you have friends on all the different sides and it's like well i don't know i've lived in a bunch of different places including this one and including that one and like why should i pay attention to this as something that's more important than just matches that might Very be happening specific. in a regular Very tournament specific. i don't know theoretically yeah, I... if that kind of person existed what would you say to them to try to get them involved I would just say like there, there's nothing we can do at that point because it just sometimes it just isn't for you like so for some people people don't like to watch WWE or wrestling I still love it even though I'm older like I, I just haven't grown out of it um like there's there's other stuff for you in the fighting game community that that can help those people like or that can um fill the void in those people <laughs> like if they, if they like watching high level play and that's all they want to watch that's <laughs> fine by me like it, it, that's Every cool voice. like yeah the voids the voids what you what, what you want it's basically if, if you like just watching high level play and commentating on the high level play or like commenting and understanding the high level play then that's for you if you like watching you know tutorial videos then because there's though the, there's a lot of people there's a lot of market for that too the people that are educational and help you learn the fighting games i don't like watching those but other <laughs> other people do so like there, there's always I wish you different... did a combo breaker let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> like the, like i just well, i just do my own thing and i think if, if there's there's obviously people there's obviously reception to this where people do want to watch this so for me i think our videos were a success and i think that people are there's many people that are invested and if there's other people that aren't invested that's okay they're they're allowed to watch whatever they want and i feel there's a lot of people that that are going to watch our our exhibition and comment on it and um there's there might, there might be a breakout person from either the midwest or west yeah. coast um whoever wins wins you know the west coast is gonna win but it's okay <laughs> but I mean, we don't know who's gonna be the star of the west coast i still i still always regret running aftershock and letting some unknown player named hanzo gonzo be the hero of the uh of the norcal scene <laughs> and that was right after he had lost in marvel 3 to ultra david beforehand oh, what a, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, horrible yeah. uh, all right dude well anything else to say actually plug yourself what do you got what do you got um i am just on twitter as filipino man and then i'm on twitch as filipino man with a zero instead of an o so mm -hmm. if you want to watch rose play then i'm on twitch if you want to <laughs> just watch me make i don't really tweet as much as i used to i used to use do hot takes and like i used to be like kind of hated but, but I feel like I've grown out of it because I, I, I became less opinionated. But if you want to look for updates on the Midwest versus West Coast, I would say, I guess, drama, then that would be the correct place. Um, there's a lot of banter going on right now. And, and it's, I think it's entertaining, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just there. So uh, two questions, actually. I have one question that I always ask everybody. First one, just curious, very quickly, what do you think of Rose's buffs in the latest patch? Oh, I think Rose is definitely top tier. Oh, <laughs> she really? definitely got everything she needed. Because I didn't think she was this bottom one character last season. Yeah. Um, and then the weaknesses they were saying, like, how does she have bad anti-airs when she has both, like, an anti-air grab and also this one-button anti-air? I never understood. Just because she can't move that fast. But her movement is not with her walk speed. It's with more with her, like, buttons and, like, her spirals. 
Um, she moves around the screen a lot, and her dashes are actually some of the best in the game. Um, so the only thing she was lacking was when she got a hit, she didn't get Oki, but they just straight up gave her it. So they were just like, here, um, these buttons are spiral arrow now. All of them are actually just all spiral arrow, but they, but they can also be used draw and then space to be safe. So if I just randomly hit a spiral, then, and then it's Oki. So, so it's just, they, they kind of over buffed her, I would say, but uh, Japan seems to disagree. Um, they also buffed all her combo damage in unique ways. Like they made cancels work in different ways. Now they buffed her button that links so that it would reach farther. So I would say, I think Rose is just in a good spot right now. And she actually fights Luke. She's actually one of the only characters that can arguably beat Luke. Interesting. Okay. And so, of course, the other last question is, you know, obviously you're Filipino, have a lot of Filipino pride, but where did Filipino <laughs> man, the handle come from? Filipino man. It's actually on Xbox Live. It's my brother's gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> you stole your brother's gamer tag? <laughs> yeah, it's my brother's gamer tag. How much <laughs> older is he than you? My brother is six years older. Okay. okay yeah so we shared the xbox live tag and obviously you know you have to pay for xbox live gold um and then i went to the tournament and no one knew me as anton so i was just like yeah it's filipino man so it, it kind of stuck because that's who they <laughs> knew who you were who you were online right so that's you just yeah so they're just like you're filipino man yeah <laughs> wow. so um you jacked I'm, your I'm, brother's I'm, name that's awesome <laughs> yeah so he had to change his tag actually <laughs> you conquered Get his wrecked. territory oh no oh that's awesome all right uh, cool. well very good hey man thanks, thanks for a lot for coming on i hope that the whole rivalry thing goes well i'll definitely be there at combo Ricker as well now are, are they are the, who's streaming it and and all that stuff is it going to be an I don't official think they've announced thing? any of that stuff yet right oh okay what happened what happened um Tubbo? He's uh, he's asking you who's streaming it and and all that stuff. I don't think it's been announced yet, has it? It has not been announced. Um, okay. I need to actually handle that. <laughs> okay. 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 Sounds good. Well, keep right, a, keep an eye on Filipino Man on Twitter for all that information. And uh, thanks again for hopping on. So. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. For a while. <laughs> Have all a good right. night. All right. Omi. All right. And we move on. Right. Well, that was cool. Yeah, thanks a lot to him for coming on and chatting with us for quite a while. Good to catch up with him a little bit, too. Yeah. And uh, before we jump on to the uh, next segment, uh, probably want to remind everybody, you know, we've had our awesome three weeks of reads for uh, Manscaped here. Uh, we do have the coupon code UCTV for 20% off orders. Uh, just as a reminder to everybody, this is actually going to be the final week, right? That you can use this coupon code, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it sure and, is. Uh, you know, this was a trial run with them to see how we're doing. They loved our reads and everything. And hopefully uh, you guys have been enjoying that as well. But, you know, just as a reminder, if you've been waiting and kind of thinking about it, please consider using it. You know, the number of codes that is has been used will determine our you know potential Listen, moving guys, forward. They've been paying us in lawnmower 4.0s <laughs> yeah we haven't <laughs> eaten in weeks yeah that's true all right we can't go on any longer please use the code uctv at checkout on manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping i haven't been able to afford rent this week which is why i'm not even in my apartment anymore as you could see i've been cast out onto the street uh, yes. and that's and that's entirely because i wasn't able to get the manscaped sponsorship into actual dollars yet sure i have all these lawnmower 4.0s 
Sure, I have the nose trimmers. I got 10 of them. But, you know, unfortunately, the stores don't take lawnmower 4.0s. They don't, yeah. At, for food. They it's will like not barter with clout. It just doesn't work. Yeah. They just I mean, won't do it. So, I mean, I, as a result, if I'm going to get back on my feet, it's going to have to be only through us getting a long-term sponsorship with Manscaped, which you can make happen by using, honestly, just a few more codes. <laughs> and it doesn't even need to be anything big. Uh, yeah, so, please. I mean, I mean, that's the tough thing, right? I mean, it's just a, it's just a trial sponsorship, so... We're all living like bums. Thankfully, thanks to their trimmers and everything, we don't have to look it, right? Because we're mm -hmm. all like clean shaven mm -hmm. and everything. And, you know, we're just completely hair free at this point in time from the chin lower, right? Especially David, right? I mean, body hair. Yeah. Everybody's got it. <laughs> Literally, uh, you're a so mammal. Gross. You got it. You got it. Exactly. So, so please you know. consider picking one up. You don't have to be a man, you don't need to have. All of you don't the even want to skate. Business. You don't even have to want to skate. You, can you just... don't have Dude, to have I had someone come onto my stream and tell me that they grabbed, I think it was one of the boxers and the feet spray. So, you know, just. Yeah, you know. man. Good smelling feet and a, and, and a nice place to put your balls. Exactly. So. <laughs> I've been looking for places to put my balls. Double there, so. <laughs> now you, yeah. that, the boxers, man, it's a good place. It's a good starting it is, point. It is. I got a pair from Manscaped. Unfortunately, again, even though I have 30 of those, the local Walmart won't take my. Uh, <laughs> my Imagine walking my into Walmart. I'll take this Xbox. Here's 40 pairs of. Man oh, hello, greeters! <laughs> Thanks for greeting me at the front door. Can you uh, send me over to where I can barter for Manscaped underwear? Yeah. Oh man. So honestly, uh, though, if you guys can help us out, you know, uh, we would appreciate that. And uh, thank you guys very much to the people who have already helped out and use the coupon code UCTV at Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. You too can be one of those people. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, just to quit hamming it up for a little bit, it really has been a nice product. I've used it a few times at this point. Uh, anybody can use it. You can use it for your beard too if you got one of those. Doesn't need to be for your nether regions. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> works well for that, but like yeah. they got other stuff too. Yep. All right. Worldwide cool. shipping? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's free worldwide. That I have no idea. All righty then. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic of discussion over here. Uh, Equinox, a longtime team in the fighting game community, just announced recently that they're no longer uh, sponsoring players anymore and that they are moving their focus towards talent management and production. And uh, it's kind of a shame because uh, Equinox has been uh, a very long supporter been around, of the fighting yeah. game community. Not only that, but, you know, the uh, it's co company is run by Rose. And, you know, as a result, you know, she definitely focused a lot on a lot of the uh, women players in the fighting game community mm -hmm. as well. So they've sponsored a lot of... Uh, uh, women in the FGC, which is really, really cool, as well as, you know, players like Brian F and such, you know. So um, it's sad to hear that they are leaving uh, the player sponsorship route. Uh, what are your guys' take on this? Uh, unsurprising. It's hard to make money in esports. It sucks, but they were dope. And I know all their players that I talked to, they, they said they liked it. So... No, I, I don't big I don't think it's like Circa or Echo Fox because Circa blew, and I know because I was managing that team. <laughs> so and Echo Fox had a big old racist at the head of it. So right. I don't know if it's like that exactly. Equinox actually seemed like a pretty good org. 
And and that's one of the things, though, that Big for Little is mentioning that is also kind of a shame, too, is that Equinox was also a massive Tekken supporter. So a lot of their players, sponsored players, were Tekken players as well. And so that's that's kind of an unfortunate uh, area. Yeah, it's just really tough to make esports teams work. Um, so as a lawyer, I have clients who run esports teams, and I have had for you know a decade at this point. And whenever a new one comes to me and, you know, it's a potential client and they'd like to talk about me doing whatever it is to do for their startup esports team, uh, I always I always make sure to say that it is very unlikely that you're going to end up making a profit. And I just want them to know that when they go into it, mm -hmm. uh, because it's just been very rare in my experience, even on the inside of these things, that companies uh, have actually made profits. I'm only aware of a couple and I, you know, Honestly, like not 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 even in just the FGC, but like in larger esports, like it's just a rarity. Uh, to yeah, make, I actually to make argued money with back. David the other day. I thought that all these big teams are making money, and he's like, "Nah, man, just Google it." And, yeah, <laughs> I it mean, was, look, the, the the thing is, like, they make revenue, but they just have super high costs. And so what they do instead is they have uh, kind of endless seeming amounts uh, of investor money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I there are. I, I thought like investing, you're supposed to make money back. And well, I the idea is that like eventually you're going to. The event. Right. The idea is like in five or ten years. In, in you're fifteen going years, to. maybe. Right. I mean, that's that's what they're planning for. They're planning for the long game, and I mean, that hasn't been what. It hasn't worked out for everybody, right? We talked about Echo Fox. That was their goal. Dude, that was their. Just their talk about MLG. Up. Just talk about MLG. MLG is like the perfect example. Whoa, where did TubaWare go? I'll help you back. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't don't worry uh, about it. MLG was a perfect example of that, right? MLG was a company that has basically uh, looked like they had endless amounts of money. They looked like they were making tons and tons of money. And when they got bought out by Activision, you know, a giant chunk of that cost was paying out the debt that MLG mm. owed. MLG was super far in the red, like millions of dollars in the red and yeah, just yeah. funded by venture capitalists kind of thing. And that's the way businesses work. A lot of the times, that's how you have to do it, right? You invest into the long-term strategy. You're hoping that it'll just become something. Yeah, Netflix just became profitable recently, maybe, you know, it's... I mean, some of these things are due to creative accounting, but others are like, really, you're just not making enough money to, <laughs> to cover the amount of money right. that's going into it. Uh, so anyway, that is the case for a lot of esports teams. And as a result, I am not surprised. And I think that's especially been true for teams that have tried to make the specifically esports team side of things work. So to the extent that some are making money, it is largely on things like media deals. It's largely in other sponsorships. The actual like player wins tournament team thereby gets cut of winnings. Right. Almost nobody makes money doing that. Not even profit. Like that's just a very <laughs> small chunk of money that comes in. Yeah. Uh, so the actual esports side of it is not very lucrative, and so I'm I'm not surprised. And that's of course especially been the case over the last couple of years during COVID, as that the whole business model has had to change drastically. Yeah, uh, and so, Equinox and Equinox has always been kind of one of the smaller you know sponsor groups out yeah. there. So you know, sure. yeah. And so you know, again, really sad to see it go. But uh, you know, they said they aren't going away completely. They're focusing on you know talent management and production. That's very important as well. And so hopefully they will continue helping you know in that department and such. Because again, I know that uh, um, you know uh, Emily who ru who runs Equinox has done a lot of mentorship and a lot of working. With 
with a lot of the players, you know, that were sponsored. Yeah, she said, and she put up a little thing herself, not just uh, Equinox, but like on her own Twitter account, that said that she's still going to be working closely with Cuddlecore as her personal manager, which is great. I'm I'm happy to hear that. But yeah, the the switch to more content focused stuff, I think, is it's very much in line with where the industry is going, and Panda, it, it right? makes a lot of sense. Panda is a great example of this, no doubt about it. Yep. Right. And that's and that, again, that's something that you see in larger esports too. Like that is where more of where the money is. Still, it's probably not super lucrative, but like it is <laughs> it's more lucrative than than you know, hoping that a player wins a big event and getting money through that. Right. So, exactly. yeah, cool. I'm I'm not surprised. Bummer as well at the same time. I am a little bit surprised that they're letting Brian F go because he's such he has a great content side of his own. Right. Uh, persona as well so that seemed to me like it might have been good to keep going but i mean you know, it, it, it might who knows it might have even been brian's side of things right yeah, like if, sure. with, if they're know. not going to fly people out to events anymore and stuff like that maybe brian's like well cool i appreciate but i need to find a sponsor that can you know do all sorts of things for me because brian sure. f definitely you know worth it you know <laughs> definitely sure. out there doing a lot of big things making great content also at the same time wonderful wonderful player and obviously very top player privileged being allowed to play an nlbc from texas oh boy <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so yeah, and, and again, you know, it's 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 a tricky thing. You know, I say this all the time. A lot of people, you know, for, especially from foreign countries, they come and talk to me, and they're always like, "Man, how do we get as big and rich in esports like you guys are in America?" And you know, I always just have to tell them, dude, it's smoke and mirrors, dude. Esports yeah. is largely a, a it's it's dress for the job, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what esports is doing. They're trying to seem like that they have this money and they're really extravagant and, you know, all this stuff is happening. But honestly, like so very few people actually make the money that people think esports is making, really, honestly. There so. are certainly some individuals who are getting big time rich off of it. Yeah, but for sure. But even is... even in those cases, right? It's those are people who are at the helms of some of the big companies, some of the best players in the world in some of the bigger esports games. There are people who are doing that. Some of the agents and lawyers and stuff get involved. But um, but as far as the you know, even in those cases, the businesses that they're working for typically are not making profit, right? So like maybe an individual like owner gets money, but his company that he owns doesn't. <laughs> right. Um, so, it's the anyway, same as... it's, a, it's it's a tough it's... time. Capitalism. That's just basically what it really comes down to, right? So a lot of it, that's the way it works most of the time. So, uh, all right. All right. Uh, just as a little quick thing, I know normally we don't do like news sections, but there's just a lot of really neat things that are happening. So I just want to make sure people are aware of them. Melty Blood announced two new characters for DLC. Uh, one of them was named Mario something or other. I don't remember the full name because it was like a foreign language. And so I haven't quite committed it to memory. But Powered CL is the other character that's coming out. But what's actually really neat about this is that it was announced that this is all free DLC. So this is not going to cost you anything. This is free. And also coming with a major balance patch. I saw Giuna tweeting about it. And there are some really, really big changes uh, for the game that are trying to make the shields a little bit uh, stronger. What, what are you laughing about, David, here? No, no, it's all good, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mario Gallo Bestino. Thank you, Tuhalu. Thank you. Uh, but those two characters coming out, they will be free uh, DLC for everybody out there. So there you go. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, 
uh, also BB Tag, the has been on uh, public beta for the longest of time for the rollback testing. It is going to be officially coming out now. So uh, if you do want to keep playing it, uh, you will have to purchase, you know, the the well, purchase the game because I, I think the game is free right now or something like that. But it was a public beta test, but now it is official coming. It's officially coming out. And uh, it'll be available for everybody on the 14th, which is just in a couple of days. And so, I mean, again, shout outs to Arxis for retrofitting rollback into all of their games. I think that's super, super cool. Uh, and then also two days from now, Rugal drops. Also free DLC for King of Fighters 15. Also coming with the boss rush mode, which I think is going to be right. a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of good... Uh, uh, content for content creators, mm. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so that's coming out. Uh, also wanted to mention a couple of cool documentaries uh, that were just released. I'm a little biased for one of them. Obviously, Red Bull's been doing a documentary series on Daigo Umahara, Umehara. And the first one, if you guys remember, came out and I was doing the narration for it. So uh, I am also doing the narration here on the second one here, talking about his uh, switch over from Ryu to Guile in Street Fighter V. And, you know, having a bunch of numbers and stats to kind of back up his performance and stuff like that. So really, really cool. Um, also, hold back to block uh, Esteban, of course, who's been who has made all sorts of fantastic uh, documentaries in the fighting game community and for video games in general, has done stuff for GDQ, et cetera, et cetera. He made the excellent, excellent Killer Instinct documentary. Uh, you know, talking talking with a lot of the original creators of the original Killer Instincts and stuff. He put out a new documentary for Gundam, Gundam Versus, actually, and you know its presence in the competitive esports scene and fighting game communities and such. So that's really cool. And uh, speaking of Cuddlecore, you just mentioned recently, you know, being a part of Team Equinox and how Nix Rose is going to still, you know, be her manager and such like that. Uh, she was just featured in a YouTube video where she was interviewed by Katie Couric. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's it's easy to be like whatever I don't care but you know honestly it's it's actually kind of neat and it's kind of a big yeah. deal I think you know yeah it's really uh, cool to be interviewed by mainstream media like this I haven't had a chance to see the segment like this but again this is just kind of one of those things that you can't overstate the importance that Cuddlecore brings to our scene and to esports in general. Not only is she a rare, you know, uh, a, a, a girl gamer who is literally winning tournaments and placing high, you know, week after week in Tekken events, but also, you know, a black girl as well. And just, you know, really allowing that kind of representation and being that kind of a role model and breaking a lot of barriers, I think. And I think it's just really, really important. And so to have her be able to have this position to be interviewed by Katie Couric, you know, in a kind of a mainstream media fashion, I think is super neat. <laughs> I think well, it's I really did, cool. I did watch it. And oh, Katie cool. Couric honestly asks good questions. Like it's not, it, it was not treated as like a sideshow situation. Which was nice. It was, okay, yeah, I, okay. I liked it. I highly recommend checking it out. It wasn't like, do you like video games? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything asinine. Like it yeah. was really. It was good. Okay, it cool. Out. Yeah, I definitely have that uh, tweet where she posted it liked, and so I'm definitely gonna get take a chance and watch that when I get a chance. So, 
So just wanted to mention those kind of things and All also right. say hi to my kitty. It's kitty cat. <laughs> and we are going to move on to the 5-5 matchup. Uh, it's about 7.30 now, so let's, let's, do, let's do one of these things. Oh, so just do one of them then? Let's just do one of these things. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. All right. So let's go ahead and post up the poll questions over here. So we will not do number two. We will not. So here we go. Here are the questions for you guys. Here we go. Number one. If you had to pick up to two matches in the history of fighting game tournaments to tell someone, this is what fighting games are about, which matches would you choose and why? Number two. With Riot's Project L coming, what will it take for it to be a popular main game in other countries like Japan? And then number three. Which fighting game input is most likely to result in physical impairment? Tekken dashes and electrics. Morgan Astral Vision Super KI Lockout Combos or Street Fighter Grappler 360s. Oh, there you go. You got one vote to give unless you are a subscriber, in which case you got two. There we go. Poll is created. So go ahead and vote with exclamation mark one, exclamation mark two, or exclamation mark three to let us know which question you would like us to answer. Fighting game history, Riot's Project L, or which inputs are hurting the most? Man, I'm so scared that people are going to pick the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Man. Going to get some water while I'm waiting here for this result. I see. I have water as well. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Uh, let me do something over here really quick here. While I let people continue to vote, I'm going to let it go for just a little bit, David, so I hope that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I just want to check something really quick here. Oh, I can't do that right now. Okay, that's fine. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, wow, we're actually completely tied. Between one oh, and yeah, two. What? Between one and two? One and three. Oh. I'm sorry. One and three. Okay, okay, one okay, and three. Okay, okay. okay. We have gotten a couple of extra votes. I'm closing it. It is number one. Got it. The one that I was kind of scared of. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh, I'm not. This is a tough one to answer. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly. So let's get this back over here. And paste this here. There we go. All right. So uh, let me also shrink the text. There you go. If you had to pick up to two matches in the history of fighting game tournaments to tell someone, this is what fighting games are all about. Which matches would you choose and why? The, one of the things that bothers me about this question, to be honest with you, is I know that there are matches that I feel this way about. And mm -hmm. I just can't remember any of them at this point in time because when I'm putting when I'm put on the spot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's hard. Uh, do you have anything that comes to mind, David? Actually, yeah, I have a couple that come to mind. Okay. Um, I would say that one of them is um, John Choi versus Alex Valle in Alpha Two a thousand years ago. Mm. The match in which John Choi sees the Valle CC for the first time and then 
uses it, not only adapts, but is already using it by the end of the match, by the end of the <laughs> games that they play. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that match is really good. It shows a bunch of great things. Um, it's it, you know what it what it most shows, I think, is the the sort of learning and conditioning and adaptation that are involved in fighting games. I think those are things that are maybe not obvious to people who don't know terribly much about them. They can seem like it's the same thing over and over again. But in, in that one match, I think you get, you know, new, new invention, kind of, like new, new tech that right. the opponent hadn't seen. And you also get, okay, ad adaptation, counter-adaptation, and then, like, actual using of, of the new idea um, in a way that's, like, really, really succinct. Like, it's not, it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, and even on top of that, like, you know, it's got all the great classic stuff, footsies and mix-ups and whatever mm -hmm. else, but, like, it that that is super notable and, and even even at the end of that match the surprise pick from vi with sagat kind of showing a little bit of because sagat was considered yeah, right. bad in alpha 2 like nobody thought he was any good when vi picked sagat it caught everybody by surprise like literally everybody was like what the hell so you know that was a, a big deal as well so interesting because in the chat people actually are identifying the other two that i was thinking of for this i I guess I'll just mention all three then. Uh, but one of them is is absolutely Justin Wong versus Chris G in Marvel Three in Evo 2013, where Justin has to make like incredible comebacks. So I, I think the the reason to point that out is that um, sort of Marvel Threes are really good like intro game. I think to show somebody, yeah. it's just really fast paced and zany, and it looks like the people are having fun, and you, you know you're moving all over the screen constantly. It is not a game that anybody could call boring. Um, and so I, th I think just for that reason, it's you know a fan favorite, even among people who aren't active players of the game and always has been. But in that particular match, you, know, you get to see um, something like Hardcore Zoner versus character who needs to get in. So you have like the archetype is, is very clear. Um, you have uh, the sort of strategic battle that that entails. And then you have the fact that like, look, Sometimes zany stuff happens, and and people <laughs> manage to make incredible comebacks somehow, and you know barely survive by the skin of their teeth somehow. And sometimes people people, uh, you know, Christie in that in that set does a lot of really great things, but also like you know kind of lets Justin take it in some ways as well. And uh, and I think that's that would be really good to show for for those reasons too. Uh, and then yeah, the last one that I thought about was. Um, was uh, Tekken Master versus Sonic Fox in Mortal Kombat X oh, okay, okay, at yeah, Evo yeah. Grand Finals. So this is this is cool for another couple reasons. I think um, one is that you get to see the sort of uh, Mortal Kombat style footsies, which are quite different from any others. So I just from a from an MK perspective, I think that's nice to show off to somebody because it can be so different. But it also it also shows you know somebody who is relatively unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, Tekken Master was. Not yeah. somebody who we, who we had heard of, but like, you know, in terms of did I think he was going to get to grand finals with Fox? Definitely not. I don't think anybody, not many people would have called that. And so it's, it's absolutely like underdog versus player who had been terrorizing the scene for already years at that point, even in MKX. Uh, and and that's, that's really cool too, because it, you know, it shows that, that Tekken Master in, in Bahrain, just playing against his few friends who are playing the game as well, <laughs> is capable of taking on somebody who has not just you know all these years already at that point of dominance right. but also like 
the scene to be able to train up with. Like Fox can play with anybody they wanted to. And and just regularly was playing against a scene in the NA scene that is just full of talented players. And yet Tekken Master is able to do this. So I, I think that would that would be a really cool one to show for that reason as well. Yeah, a lot of people are mentioning good ones, really, really good ones in the chat. I mean, for sure, there's a lot of them that are good for spectacles, you know, like Bala Mad KOF and also the next year, you know, with Reynold, I think are both great ones to show, you know, just in terms of just the heightened factor. But, you know, one of them that Jehudi Kai mentioned, Gal Galileo versus Dogro was one of them oh, that came yeah. to my mind because that one was like stakes and comeback and the underdog, you know, I mean, Galileo, like Dogro was the guy, was the man coming into that event, you know, and Galileo just like being on the verge of elimination in like both sets and just finding a way to come back and just appear. I mean, that was the match that made Mori, who is the creator of Blaze Blue, go, so that's what this is all about. You know, yeah. I mean, previously to watching Breaker Dave get killed by Kokonoe and laughing. You know, and then watching that match and being like, oh, my God, this is what it means. I have to make my fighting games balanced, you know, <laughs> like I thought was really, really kind of important. Um, Definitely. I would also uh, point out uh, one match. Oh, did you want to what were you going to say over there? Um, I was just going to say that the even the external storylines are great in that, you know, you're seeing if you're if you're in the audience or if you're on, if you're watching stream. Uh, the shots of Dogra's girlfriend, right? Yeah. And she, she's so upset. And, you know, knowing that, as we found out later, uh -huh. that he was planning to use the money for, like, their wedding. wedding. <laughs> Even the external storylines are really great now. God, yeah. That was heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Uh, and I still remember, like, even... Uh, uh, Galileo's girlfriend, I think she was on like commentary. She was like at the desk or so, like for the Japan commentary in full. Uh, was it Ayame? What's his name? Uh, oh, I, I don't know if I know about this. Yeah, she was in the in the in the whole like costume, and then after he won, like she was walking off and just like bawling and just like so like sad. And I was like, there was just so much that was happening there. It was like really really cool. Amane, that's who it was. Yeah. But uh, another match I wanted to mention was uh, actually Vi versus Daigo at SCR. Uh, mm. You know, that was like the guidebook for footsies, the Ryu versus Ryu match. At the time, we commentated that and we thought it was like our best work ever. Now when I walk yeah. back, I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, we were bad. <laughs> this Absolutely was right. Street Fighter 4, but it was it is still what, what one of the best. What year was that? 2012, like I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 2012. It's a really good match there. Uh, I also wanted to mention maybe like Hungrybox versus um, uh, Armada at EVO Grand Finals as well. Mm. Because again, another one of those just emotions and just the amount of, you know, crazy like Mango had to make so many. I'm not Mango. Uh, Hungrybox had to make so many crazy comebacks, you know, down a couple of stocks and stuff and then when you saw when you knew he got that hit that was going to lead to the sleep and everybody and like his reactions and and how he cried afterwards and everything really really good stuff and then you know a little bit of bias obviously punk versus tokido cuz i just think that that was just a, a ah, really yeah. good 
uh, moment and the whole thing coming together with the Gutex interview with me crying about it and all that stuff like that. I just thought like it just kind of was a really good example of what fighting games really are about and you know that was street fighter 5 evo grand finals in 2017 17 maybe yeah yeah so there you go mm-hmm a lot right, of good yeah. stuff dude there's, there's a lot of great ones yeah, dude, yeah i saw somebody mention the gandhi match that actually would be really funny as well that actually too. is a good one though you know there's a lot to learn there but i mean honestly like everybody mentioning all these matches man there have been a lot of amazing matches in fighting game history man i yeah, tell man. you there's been so many good matches so shout outs to everybody uh, out there with that absolutely all good right. question very good interesting question, question. It was going to be harder than I thought, but honestly, shout outs to the chat. A lot of a good alley-ooping in there you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and just helping me remember a lot of good matches out there. I, so. Dude, I can't believe, well, I guess I can't believe, but very funny that uh, people in the chat specifically mentioned the ones that I was going to mention too. I guess we all, you know, there's, <laughs> you're right. There are a ton of great matches, but there are also ones that like we think of, I think more, probably yeah, more often than. Yeah. than and others. obviously, you know, you have to give a special shout out to the Daigo versus Justin Perry I mean, that's of the course. one that started. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, yeah wow. that's the one that basically put FGC on the map, right? I mean, when I had coworkers coming up to me and I was like, I do fighting games. They're like, have you seen this one video where like yeah. this guy does this thing and the audience goes nuts? And I was like, buddy, if the camera had just <laughs> panned over another three feet, I would have been right there, dude. I was right there. So, oh, man. Most emotional Boy. matches, asked Muffin Man. I mean, obviously the Tokyo one, but I, I would also say the Gamer B versus Momochi one was really oh, emotional, wow. just because of the button, break, the controller breakdown, and how that Evo all Evo Grand went. Finals, Street Fighter Four, twenty fourteen, fifteen, something. Yeah, because remember, Momochi was the king of Street Fighter at that time. And Gamer B had that super, super just like training match against Infiltration's Elena with 700 right. heals. You remember that? And Gamer B still managed to win that one. And then have to have it go down the way it did at the end of EVO was just, oh, man. With the controller breaking down and just the tension and everybody going like, what's going to happen? Dude was like... Oh, God, that one. And, I mean, I cried for a long time after that match was over. I couldn't stop crying, basically. So oh, It's hard man. for me to remember ones that I felt particularly emotional about, but I think that the ones that I do that jump out to my mind are not really about the matches. They're more about, like, my own investment in what was going on, like matches that I was commentating and I really enjoyed or something like that. Not Not as much about... Uh, the individual matches and the gameplay on them, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, I've of course I've seen a lot. Uh, yeah, Tubbo is going to be uh, out of here for the rest of the night, uh, everybody. But uh, of course, he will be back next time. Sometimes things come I, up. My camera view switched all of a sudden, so I'm trying to see if I can fix that camera view here as well. Oh, sorry about this, guys. Uh, hopefully. Let me fix this. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. It's, I don't it's think it really weird. matters yeah, that much, man. Yeah. Show anyway, so. Okay. All right. Back to this. Okay. <laughs> no big deal. Let's get to the mailbag. Yeah. Mailbag. Going to answer a couple of questions. 
right. Yeah, Goichi over Fox and DBFC is great. Oh, yeah. God, dude. Like, I almost feel bad that I'm leaving out some of these matches because they're so good. So many good ones. Yeah. Oh, man. It's crazy, dude. All right. Where am I? Where am I? Here we go. Let's do this. Yep, you're talking Let's... about Woshige getting up too early, a classic one as well. There's a lot. There's a lot of great ones out there. All right, what do we got? So, uh, Subatar versus, uh, via Discord asks, what is the most jingoistic thing you have ever done in the name of your coast, clan, arcade, region, etc.? cetera? Uh, Explain to the audience out there exactly what jingoistic means, David, yeah. so they know uh, um. when we answer the question. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you got it, James, if anybody's sure. not sure out there. Uh, so it's like an extreme um, nationalism or patriotism, I guess I would say. And in the U.S. context, it's I've only heard it in the U.S. context, so I'm not sure if it's, a, if it's applied to other people as well, but certainly one that we use in the U.S., uh, Primarily associated, I would say, with like early 1900s, but you still hear it sometimes. And it's it's kind of like, yeah, hardcore patriotism, especially in like cheering for war kind of that kind of connotation. Uh, all oh, right. Man. I mean, I have a few ones. I mean, obviously, West Coast, East Coast rivalry is going to be a lot of the, the main ones that I have. I, I talked about the Chen Rage, you know, the, the Chen Rage of... <laughs> emote that's where it came from right was from a picture of me being super happy that uh oops that was not the right place to type it in uh it's gonna be over here thank you drunken banana and that was from wednesday night fights beating nlbc pretty soundly at evo so that's there's right. a picture of me just kind of going crazy the picture of me jumping up and down and cheering was when infrit was beating filipino champ for a little bit so that might be pretty, pretty jingoistic um, there was one more I was going to say. So go ahead, David, while I try to think if I can remember. Uh, the last uh, man, I mean, honestly, not that many things. Um, I guess, I guess the most is just cheering and ripping on people, just making jokes. I haven't done anything like physical or anything like that. And I mean, although nowadays I think I don't really care about rivalries. I certainly recognize that like I used to care about them and that they have played a big role in stuff. So uh, yeah, I can, I can totally recall in NorCal versus SoCal, just, you know, doing stupid cheers with my friends uh, in SoCal. And then the NorCal folks having their own fun cheers after that. And then, you know, we all are friends after all anyway. It's like not that big of a deal. So I don't know. I don't know if there's that much more for me. Maybe there's something that I'm not remembering, but yeah, I don't know if this one counts because it's not really jingoistic. It's not like based off of anything outside of in a grand finals, one player was being a lot more cocky and the other player was seemingly very like timid and like was, you know, fighting for their best. And the person who was cocky was winning and was like popping off and being all crazy. This was at an NCR for Soul Calibur a long time ago, back when I knew nothing about Soul Calibur. And I was standing next to, of all people, of course, Sanchez and that okay. crew over there. And we were all just like, we don't like this cocky pop-off guy. So we just started heckling him. And like, we started was going- Was this at San Francisco State, NorCal? Yes, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I totally remember this, dude. Yeah, yep, I, 
And then we were all like, and eventually, we I think we got to him because the other guy ended up winning the tournament. So in a way, it's like you kind of feel like a jerk, but at the same time, like this is that's kind of this is why, like even though you know, well, probably because I'm old school, this whole rivalry, this whole kind of like you know popping off and yelling and stuff like that. This is kind of a a part of the culture that I do kind of want to preserve in a weird way. Like, obviously, I like trash talking. I don't want it to get into the point where we're talking smack about anybody. I mean, like, again, we weren't saying anything about the dude's appearance or anything like that, yeah. but it was just more like, you know, oh, you dropped the combo, you know, kind right, of right. things like that. In-game and, stuff. Yeah, yeah in-game stuff. So, you know, again, that's kind of like, one of those things that's uh, important to me as part of the fighting game community, but I don't consider that jingoistic, but we definitely, I feel like, affected the outcome of a match. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember anybody doing anything that was too gnarly. To yeah, be no, you know, I don't, I, nobody did, yeah. I mean, Sanchez was being Sanchez, recall. right? Like, sure, as much yeah, as... I mean, as yeah. much as Sanchez likes to talk smack and can be a total jerk to people, he's also really smart and, you know, has a kind of an understanding of morals and stuff like that. So oh, Yeah, he's a very good guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there are definitely times where I'll be like, fuck Sanchez. But, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's actually seen any of those videos uh, at all out there. But, you know, he, he no one was doing anything particularly Gnarly, yeah, I don't remember sure. anybody ever doing too big of a jerker move. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff. I mean, there were there were you know I saw fights or whatever, but it wasn't it wasn't about like the region. It was whatever other stuff was going on. So yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. No, of course, best coast, beast coast, mid best. You know all that stuff. Yeah, like yeah. that's about it, right? That's yeah. about as far as it goes for the most part. Uh -huh. And I think it's funny that other scenes think about socal as like having a rivalry with them like that it, it just feels like it's like classic lakers versus clippers rivalry where like historically lakers fans <laughs> didn't have a rivalry with clippers fans <laughs> right. but, but but clippers fans had a huge rivalry yeah. with lakers fans oh they hated the lakers and Lakers fans are just like, oh, the Clippers exist? Like, <laughs> I mean, it was very similar, right? Like, you know, when we were at UCLA, we were just like, yeah, okay, USC's always talking smack, whatever. But USC spent all their time being like, oh, UCLA sucks. Like, every, like yeah. literally, like, my friends who had a wedding, it was USC-themed. And, like, they were dogging it. Like, I just feel like, you know... UCLA, we just knew we were better, so we just didn't really care that That's, much. So. That was the 90s, man. And then yeah. when I was going to school in the 2000s, believe me, it was very much the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> really? Was it? Dude, USC was way better at sports than UCLA oh, or yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, for sports, yeah. But we were also... So you're just, you're just about... being real jerks about which school is better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so. which school is better for sure. Ooh, no, no. Nice. The, the four years <laughs> that I went to UCLA, we actually won all four years in a row for, for football. I was yeah, UCLA there... UCLA was really good. Yeah, I was there when we when they won basketball. You know, they won the championship in the, in the NCAA. And then we won all four... I got lucky. I was like there in the exact... Yeah same uh i was in there in the perfect years for that so yeah for cal's main and... rivalry we couldn't really do the stanford sucks as a school it just wasn't really much of an option oh. but at least when i was going to school there we could say that their football team was worse and then nowadays and for many years at this point sorry cal <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man. Tough, tough, tough <laughs> school to be a fan of the sports teams of. All right, all right, all right. All right. Let's uh, yeah. let's move on to the next one here. All right. So next question uh, is uh, from. Oops, who was this from? Uh, I forgot to copy who it was from. Uh, where did I? I just totally missed it. I oh, just don't I think it. I think it was me. Yeah, I forgot to do that. Oh, my okay. bad. Yeah, no worries, no worries. It's fine. Uh, if you could see any existing fighting game reimagined in a different art style of your choice, what would you choose? I'll go first. I think Darkstalkers plus Alex Ahad style would be a match made in heaven. Skullgirl sprite style. Uh, that is Onyx. I mean, a H N I X. Oh, who actually is in the chat right now as well? Hello. What is it? What is it? What's his A H N I X. Oh, that guy. Okay, okay. Yep. Got it. There you okay. go. Oh, you went to UCSD where you had zero school spirit. Let me tell you, the, this is actually true. The reason that I went to Berkeley instead of to UCSD was I went to both when there happened to be school elections going on. And at Cal, it was so rowdy and there were all these leaflets all over the place and there were like protests going on and people arguing. And uh, then I went, to UC, or I went to UCSD first, actually. And when I went there, nobody cared. Nobody cared about anything like that. And I want I wanted the gross grimy school instead, so I went to Berkeley. <laughs> That's literally the only reason I went up going there. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll What's be the, selfish. I I wouldn't want Alex Ahad art style for Darkstalkers. I I don't think they match particularly well. But if you're just saying a new Darkstalkers game in awesome, beautiful sprite work, yeah, obviously. But uh, it's uh, if you could see any existing fighting game reimagined in a different art style of your mm. choice, uh, what would you choose? And I think part of it said here, too, that Arxis style was forbidden because that's such an obvious answer. Right? <laughs> yeah, like too everyone good, yeah. wants to see every game done in Arxis style. So I think that was a caveat in the question as well. So, mm, I would choose. I would choose. Oh, man. You know, I have, is, a, I have two answers and I'm trying to decide between the two. What's, what's I, yours? I have a weird one here. I would actually like to see with the modern consoles and better memory and all that stuff like that, MVC2 brought back with everybody's animation frames back. Like, because if people okay, don't yeah, realize, yeah, yeah. Children of the Atom and Marvel Superheroes are two of the most beautiful fighting games ever drawn like the amount of animation frames for every character was ridiculous and for mvc2 they couldn't do it because they had to have six characters in memory at all times and so there were very few sprites they cut a billion sprites like spirals metamorphosis where she transforms into everybody Every one of those characters was animated, like and in MVC two, it's literally one frame for every character. They just show up and go pop, 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 one frame, pop, 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 and it's just like it was not there. So if we could do an MVC two and restore the old Children of the Atom and Marvel Superhero sprites, and maybe for because obviously characters like you know like. Cable and stuff who are made for that game. Their animation is good because they knew they had the memory limitations in the first place. They were able to account for it. But even then, going back and adding animation frames for some of those characters as well to make them up to par with everybody else, I think that would be... And it's kind of weird because it's not reimagining in a different art style. It's just the same art style, but better. <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't choose between my two, so I'll just say both. Yeah, uh, one fine. is Mortal Kombat. Go, go ahead, Tasty Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Mortal Kombat in Street Fighter style. I am on record as wishing that Mortal Kombat didn't have the gore. I don't like it. Oh, I'm not a big fan of it. Right. Okay. And okay. so I was just trying to decide like what other, if I can't say Arxis, which I would, it would be Arxis <laughs> style. But yeah. if I can't say Arxis style, then I guess I'll just say Street Fighter V style. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I would love to have a Mortal Kombat game where I didn't have to, you know, see all the murder and gore going on, honestly. Like, that exactly. would be great for me. Uh, I'm, please, I'm, please I'm throw playing... in contextualities for MK12. Dude, <laughs> right, yeah. I'm playing Mortal Kombat very much despite that. I mm. enjoy the gameplay enough that I put up with it, and I'm, like, inured to the stuff that's in MK11 at this point. But, uh, man, I really could do without it. So that would be nice. And then the other one is, uh, uh, my bad, NRS, is Injustice in Marvel 3 style. <laughs> yeah. I really okay. love NRS games, as you guys know. But, uh, man, I would really love it if in, in Injustice, I don't really feel like the animations oftentimes impart superhero-ness to me. And I think Marvel 3 kills it when it comes to that. So I would love to see like a Grundy as Hulk kind of like that yeah. kind of like extreme kind of kind of situation. I would love to see that. I think that would be so so cool. Yeah, so, I mean honestly, please, please continue making great games and you have great graphics <laughs> in many ways. But like also, you can I mean, do without the gore, etc. I've always said, you know, it's like you know when you watch Injustice, everybody kind of stands the same. You know, you sure, you know, Catwoman and Cheetah are hunched over a little bit more. But, like, when you look at Marvel and Wolverine is just, like, half the size because he's so squat, ready to attack. Spider-Man doesn't even stand like this. He's, like, all, it's like super hunched over and stuff. And, you know, Doctor Doom is as stiff as can be, you know, when he's walking around and stuff like that, you know. Those are the kind of things that makes it feel comic booky and, you know, and superhero-y to me, so. Just you know, something really about cool. the way Hulk, like, smashes his fist down. Like, that's Dude. how he would do it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough about graphics and animation, et cetera, to, like, ha have a real mm -hmm. reason why that is, but, like, yeah. It's it the principles of like animation. It. Again, I yeah, recommend I it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Art Eater. Richmond Lee has a beautiful article on why Darkstalkers is like the best animated fighting game of all time and how it just absolutely does the best of the, uh, the, the principles of animation. Again, obviously something like Third Strike has more animation frames, but Third Strike is still, while it has the exaggeration stretching and all that stuff, it's still grounded in reality. And so Darkstalkers just kind of gives them the ability to just go absolutely wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see people in the chat, and I totally get it. I know people play MK for the gore. I certainly understand. That's absolutely a big part of why it's an amazingly selling, a uh, high-selling series. Like, no doubt about it. I was and, wondering... And if, if that's why you play it, like, man, I could imagine... Again, the real answer is we'd all love to see every game in current Arxis styles. So if you're, <laughs> if you're an MK fan who likes the gore, seeing that done in like a Arxis style, maybe a little bit more realistic than a current Arxis style, which they could probably do too. But they could probably do some really good gore if that's what you want. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I had suggested a long time ago that maybe they actually just release a 
PG version of Mortal Kombat, you know, just make two, but just one, it would take too much work and two, it just makes yeah. no sense, right? It makes no People sense. People would yeah. laugh, you know, they would, they would get killed off of social media, honestly, like social media would have a field day with that, honestly. I mean, so. back in MK9, you could play in a mode where there was no fatalities, you could play in zombie yeah, mode, yeah. and it was really rare to see an x-ray because just, they just typically weren't as effective spending your meter that yeah. way so you could you could mostly get by without seeing like a ton of gore but in mk11 like you're gonna see a fatal most of the time and even if you're not you're gonna see a crushing blow and those are pretty gnarly in some cases <laughs> some of them yeah. are worse than the fatalities yeah, i feel dude, like some are pretty gnarly yeah, yeah yeah but uh i mean yeah one of the things i want so so super kokujin like honestly darkstalkers and street fighter have inspired a lot of artists like that's one of the coolest things about those games is those games are the birth of many artists out there and you can see that a, a lot in just like the history of you know like uh, a lot of artists out there and also muffin man to muffin man's comment about turning everything to kof 13 kof 13 is is kind of a, a tricky one now if you had infinite budget infinite people to do it right so kof 13 they had to remove a bunch of moves from people it nearly bankrupt snk etc they were a smaller company they couldn't handle it but at the same time though uh, because their strategy was to create 3D models and then turn them into sprites, you know, that way, kind of like draw over the 3D models to turn them into sprites. KOF 13, while it is an absolutely beautiful game, you will never get me arguing that it's not, does lack a lot of the stretching and a lot of the exaggerations oh, yeah. and smear frames and things like that from a Darkstalkers game. So if they could do that and combine it with that, you know, where it's just like for no reason the guy's arm is just really long looking when they punch and stuff. But that's what's genius about Darkstalkers, right? Like Victor punches, his hand just grows to the giant size of the screen, yeah. right? And then after, even in the recovery frames you just see all the muscles dissipate and slowly yeah, yeah. turn back into a normal size arm like that kind of stuff you can only do in dark stalkers honestly so all right well there you go all right we have done it again everybody congratulations it's a tuesday show done and dusted once again Please check out our coupon code UCTV at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Exactly. And again, last and like within week. Within the, the next like few days. If yeah, you exactly. This is the last week to do that. And we're very close to, you know, having gotten a lot of coupon codes used, you know, for, you know, potential future collaborations. So, again, thank yeah. you for those people who have used it. And uh, thank you to those people who will use it in the next few coming days so honestly even on top of the fact that like some money would be nice i just want to do more really silly ad reads that was super fun <laughs> i i loved all three of ours i they cracked me up like we got a lot of good feedback it's just really fun to do yeah it'd be nice absolutely. why do i what does somebody say i don't like sakura actually i don't really like sakura, so never mind i will give tubbo your well wishes i hope yes, he's doing well as well for sure, for sure, so. see y'all peace